What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rebunked. I got another fantastic episode here for you. My name is Scott, coming from you live at, uh, here in the Last American Vagabond Studios here in historic Franklin, Tennessee. Now, you guys, strap in, okay? This is surely going to be one of the best episodes I've ever done. It's going to be fantastic, and I'm super excited about it here. So, But real quick, you guys, before we get too far into it, I just wanted to tell you how you can come follow and support the show, all right? So basically, what you're going to want to do is head over to Rebunk.news. That's the website, and right, right as you show up, a little window will pop up and that's the email sign up for the email list. So make sure you get on there. So uh, you'll get alerts about the shows coming up. And then also if anything happens, you'll know uh, I'll, I'll send out alerts that way. Cause I don't know how long I'm going to be on any of these platforms. So on the website, you're going to see where we're at. We're on rockfin band video, odyssey, rumble, and bit shoot live streams go out to rockfin and rumble and the rest get uploaded afterwards. Um, if you want to listen on the go, make sure you subscribe on Spotify, iTunes. And if you leave a five-star review and a comment, I'll try and shout that out. And then also that really helps drive the show. Okay. Um, the premium stuff is over on subscribe stars so for five bucks a month, gives you access to the premium content. And it's just a great way to support the show. And then also the t-shirt shop. So you can get there either this link at the top of the rebunk.news website or rebunk.news forward slash shirt. So we have all the shirts, a um, bunch of different designs. Compliance is violence. You can't depopulate an idea. I see false flags. We are many. They are few and several more. Um, and that is brought to you by Big Frog T-shirts in Beaverton, Oregon, who are actually listeners of the show. They're totally on the level. So by shopping there, you're not only supporting this show, but you're supporting a uh, awake uh, group of liberty-minded uh, T-shirt folks out in Beaverton, Oregon, right? And then, of course, uh, Telegram is another great way to follow the show, t.me forward slash rebunkpod. And then at the bottom of rebunk.news, you'll see any value for value donation options. All right, guys. So that's pretty much all the, the goods. Now, without further ado, this man... Hailing from uh, the great country of Ireland. Let me see if I can get all this plugged in here. Oh, my gosh. I'm losing it. Okay, there we go. Gordo, what's There he is. Howdy. Oh, no, he kicked himself off. What's the crack? Oh, how we get that? What's yeah, the crack, brother? I know. How we keep it? All good. All good. We're over here in Ireland. Uh, the sun is shining, and it rains, and it shines, and it rains, and it shines. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's reminiscent of... Uh, the lockdowns and COVID. You're locked down. Oh, you're free. You're locked down. You're free. You're locked down. You're free. And if we protest, the weather doesn't give a fuck. So it's the same thing. You know? <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah. We protest and we push back and it's just like, no, we're just going to do this anyway. You get, like, you get, you get a, bit of, oh, a little bit of rain. You get a, bit, a little bit of lightning today. You get a little bit of uh, a yeah. <laughs> little bit of everything. It's like a weather in Seattle. You know, it's uh, like an old man shouting at the sky. Uh, <laughs> but thanks for having me on, man. It's great to be here. Um, I was looking at your, your intro there with all the social medias. Isn't it a terrible time to be a person talking about stuff on the internet? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, What's man. Like, man? I, you know, I used to do this show, Truthzilla, the Truthzilla podcast, right? Yes. And I, I ended up leaving that show, and I was like, there was a period of time there where before I started this official show, and I was like, man, what am I going to do? And I was like, maybe I'll just do like a normie show. Maybe I'll just do like a show that's just like appeals to like the YouTube crowd. And I'm just like, yes, yeah. I don't know. I could talk about like reviewing sneakers yeah sneakers i'll do like a show about sneakers or something like i didn't even know but then it just dawned on me like no you got to just get right back in the ring and just start just keep doing it you know what i mean but uh yeah it's yeah it's a hell of a time hell of a time to be in our business for sure it's hard to be just out there with a head with that has a mouth in it that's like yeah. saying words <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. uh you can't say nothing fucking you know i just saw jordan peterson getting kicked off of twitter for saying a thing that's true and uh just in a way that's not allowed anymore and then you're like kicked off you're like it's fucking jordan peterson man what do you you know yeah um but i see all the ones you got there like rockfin band video band off video yeah odyssey rumble bitch you like they're the they're holding fast i, I yeah. removed my youtube channel i think in 2018 or something like that 
I just like took everything off it because, you know, you're getting fucking dinged and donged and bished and bashed and all sorts of fucking things. Like from a thing you put up five years ago, I got my Vimeo switched off there in January, February this year. Really? After spending two months of about three hours a night, like after dinner, I was like, I gone upstairs just to slide, just to chip hack away at the coal face and do three or four hours before bed mm-hmm. of like re-rendering all the old episodes, putting like the new logos the new like I remixed the theme song and then chopping up all the stuff and making clips and putting out I don't know fucking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of clips man like nearly four three hundred and seventy something clips finally got them all up on Vimeo after two months all over December and January and February and then just one night the crystal knocked you know in the middle of the night the night of the long knives <laughs> came along and just and the whole fucking thing was cut off for three videos that I done one was on a, an interview from David Icke from 2016 so like that's up there a while yeah. One was an interview with John McAfee in March 2020, where he was like off his face and still alive, mm-hmm. but talking about like what's going to come down the line, re-corona or whatever. And another one was an interview with a, what's his name, David Hayes. Is it David mm-hmm. Hayes? A uh, um, praying medic. Okay, about, yeah, yeah. About, about the Q movement. And I, I, I don't know nothing about it. I don't describe the Q or I don't believe, you know, really in a lot of the stuff that we're going on with. But it was like a fun jaunt into something mysterious and, yeah, I was kind of like questioning them and saying, "Isn't it?" And Vimeo just went, "Bing, Bing, Bing, three in a row, you're gone." I just switched off the channel, no appeal, no nothing. I paid them thousands of euros to have the pro account, all that stuff, wow. and just fucking poof, like Kaiser so say, man, hours and hours, like hundreds of hours of work, I would imagine, yeah. put into it, and it just broke me. I was like, I don't want to fucking do anything anymore. Fuck this. What's the fucking point? You know, YouTube, fair enough, you know. Uh, they can do what they want, and Vimeo can do what they want. But like when you're paying for a professional video hosting service, you wouldn't think that they're going to come in and start like, um, I don't know, b- b- piecemealing your fucking information coming in and like without context, just looking at the stuff. And I sent an appeal message and said, because of the nature of the ban, you're not even allowed an appeal. And I have my Vimeo account, my Patreon account linked together, and I'm a fucking European Patreon ambassador. So Patreon are all right. But uh, Vimeo seemingly are not all right. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on in this business, man? Yeah. But it's nice to see that you're everywhere. That's a little rant there for me. I'm just a little bit, you know, I mean, you asked me how how the, day, how the day is going. That's how the fucking day is going. That's what I'm feeling today. My nips are hard uh, about fucking this bullshit because it's, uh, you know, between that and the Roe v. Wade stuff and people not allowed to say things and then, you know, the acceptability and the fucking, the, the critical everything. And it's just... You know, I'm hot. It's a Saturday afternoon. It's raining, sunny, it's raining. Yeah. Weather can't make up its mind. I'm having a hot flash like a 55-year-old woman. Uh, you know, and I'm not happy about this shit. But it's yeah, man. here with you. That's Dude, I'm, I'm stoked. We'll just have a good half an hour or a couple hours. Just chill. It's four. Let's do four hours. Do Fuck four it. hours, dude. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I don't know. Are you right dinner time. Are you familiar with Steve from Slow News Day? Steve yes. Poikman? Yeah, yeah. Yes. He met, I, I was promoting the show. He messaged me and he's like, I want to do a four-hour show with Gordo, but the only condition is, is that we can't use our actual voices the entire time. I was like, <laughs> oh, that's genius. That I can big. totally do like five, six hours, Scott. Totally without, <laughs> I mean, no lozenges, no sips of water. I'm, I'm fully ready. I'm ready. I'm able. And I, won't, I will never, ever ride a bike. <laughs> yeah. Ever. No you never ever see me on a bike. 
Um, uh, I'm hoping for 2024 so I can recycle that uh, oh, <laughs> an impression. That, you know? Dude, that's so on point. That's so on point, man. Well, speaking of five or six hour episodes, for anybody that's tuning in that may not be familiar with your work, why don't you give us a little backstory? Well, a long time ago, a young man in Wexford in Ireland, it's in the southeast, uh, was handed a funny smelling cigarette. <laughs> and he smoked it and the world opened up like a like a like a beautiful flower before him. Um, what really happened was he went white and got a bit sick and had to go for a lie down. But after that, woo! <laughs> no, I was just a, a young lad who started asking questions, man. I was always asking why. It was one of these annoying fucking kids that's like, but why? Uh, but why? Um, there's a great scene from one of Louis C.K.'s first TV series, Lucky Louie. Did you ever watch that? Uh, I don't know if I ever watched Lucky Louie, but his FX one, Louie, is like one of my all-time favorites for sure. I have to go so, back and probably watch that. Yeah, yeah. The, the plots from Louie were recycled from his uh, okay. Lucky Louie TV show, which was like a tree camera. It looked like fucking How I Met Your Mother or Friends or some shit like that. Sure. And it kind of feels out of place now from what he's done in his career since, but... um, um. There's a scene in it where his his daughter in the show, who's very young at the time, was like, and why? And he, he actually answers them all the way out to like, you know, the, the lizard people are taking yeah. over your minds and drinking your blood. And it's very funny because it's like four whole minutes. You have to dedicate. It's like a cold open to the show. It's four yeah. minutes of answering the child why. And it gets to some weird places. So I was that kind of kid um, looking at, you know, alien movies and science fiction and wondering what's out there. And, you know, um question all sorts of stuff like santa the tooth fairy like we go mm, i think that me i saw a thing that i shouldn't have watched and then got into the x-files rail heavy mm. started reading some books went to college started looking up that shit uh, 9-11 happened when i was 18 so i was like mazel tov, you're a man and then 9-11 happened and i'm like oh shit the world is fucked and then coming up to the time when i should have been you know having a, a family and buying a house and shit like that the greatest economic crash uh, mm -hmm. in, a, in a hundred years half and then you're like oh shit well that's fucked that plan so it was just like as the the masks fell to the floor the veils were were you know removed from the i guess uh the, the control mechanism that seems to be uh, rearing its ugly head and uh 2013 i was i was like mad at the podcasts i was listening to greg carlwood the higher side chats yeah shout out to greg Bi like big fan since the yeah. old days um I was listening to uh, a lot of audiobooks. Audible was real big at that time. And um, I just thought, like, yeah, why not give it a go? I know loads. I have, like, a, you know, an encyclopedic kind of a knowledge. I'm really good at, with history and um, read a lot of books, watched a lot of documentaries, did a lot of um, thinking and talking about it, and just said, fuck it, let's start a podcast. And from the first year, I think, before I put lips to microphone, I um, I spent about a year and a bit planning out the first 10 years of the podcast and going, oh, right, well, we do yeah. this season with this and hit these big notes first and we do this and this and this and had all of these, uh, um, you know, what would you call it? Like a chron chronological mm -hmm. uh, or, or a, a, an in, inf informationological. There's another word for that. Not etymology. I know what you like mean. The, I know what you mean, where it's like, you, know, you, need to, you need to have the foundational understanding of one topic exactly. before you lead to the next one sort of exactly. thing. Exactly. Yeah. So we, I was doing these like informational, let's say, let's say that's a word, these informational logical, um, yeah. uh, uh, kind of d deep, deep dives, like four, four or five, six, seven hours into these yeah. topics. So like one of the ones I did was, was kind of like, um, that I'm kind of most proud of is the, the money series that I did. It's like mm -hmm. 20, 22 hours from top to bottom describing like what what the fuck money is do you know 
yeah. and starts off from like the pressed salt coins of ancient Persia right up to like Federal Reserve Banking and quantitative easing, like all the way through calling in all the big bank boys and all this, like how the whole thing works. And um, it builds on the information. So every uh, everything that's coming in the future is built on the stuff we did in the past. So it's all laid out of lovely software and mind maps and all sorts of stuff. But um, as I went along, I found that I was doing a bunch of different, like what you would call true crimes, like talking about mm-hmm. different cults and stuff like that, like disappearances, like Madeleine McCann, that girl that went missing in, in Portugal, in England, huge case. Um, you know, Jesse Lee Dugard and did, um, uh, what's the little, the little blondie one? Uh, she grew up to be Katy Perry. Um, oh, I don't know. The, 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 the beauty queen, what's her name? Triple barrel name, fucking hell. Gosh, I'm not sure. I don't know. Oh, oh. Ah. Uh, Go on, it's right there. You can see her face, her little doll face with the ringlets, the gold ringlets. Are we Come talking on. about uh, uh, oh, jeez, what's her name? God. Yeah, John Benet Ramsey, John Benet Ramsey, good man. Ah, there, ding, we go, ding, there, ding. We go. there we go, John Benet Ramsey episodes and stuff like that. And going like, yeah, well, I'm I'm actually inadvertently doing a bunch of true crime episodes, so why not like brand it that way? And this is in like 2014 when true crime started to take off, and I split the show into those true crime episodes, which were approached in a similarly academic way. Um, looking at like you know what makes a motherfucker tick, like what's going on in the background, rather than <laughs> what what true crime has turned into, which is like the knife slid slowly into her alabaster bosom, like this fucking yeah. jerk off murder porn. <laughs> and um, yeah, so it's it's built into this huge big thing, and you know there's there's a lot of fans of it because of the deep dives, because we talk about stuff that other people don't. In a way, it's not just like rattling off information. We're trying to synthesize it. We're trying to yeah imagine like why like explain these why speculate on it and it's funny too man doing fucking big yeah. jokes and impressions and having a crack doing little sketches and what would it have been like you know to, to fucking to be there you know to be in the room when bill cosby slipping the fucking slipping a mickey to somebody or something you know um and uh yeah so like it just went on from strength to strength got a loads of comedians from all around Dublin. i used to be a comedian for for yeah. a few years and um made a lot of friends there a lot of talented content creators and they come over to the studio and we talk shit about conspiracies man it's just uh just blew up like the twin towers got like 45 million <laughs> career downloads uh a couple of hundred thousand subscribers yeah hitting all the top charts like uh top 200 at least uh, at the at the at the worst of times yeah and uh the best of times like we've got an i think number uh number nine in the u.s charts at one point one shining <laughs> example of a day yeah. um but yeah man it's uh it's uh it's not too bad for one lad sitting alone uh, in a room in Ireland in his jocks. <laughs> oh, man, it's, it's amazing. And anybody that hasn't checked out those conspiracy guys, it's just such a powerful, amazing show. And, and it's like, you know, they're they're what we call like evergreen episodes, right? You can go back and they're, you can listen yeah. to it anytime. You know what I mean? There's such a valuable wealth of knowledge and information. I first got uh, turned on to your show back in like, I think it would have been about 20... 17 like i was i'd got a job at a countertop fabrication shop and i was like uh listening to headphones all day started really getting into podcasts and uh you need something to last you the full work day yeah exactly dude that's the best like just listening to you for hours and hours and hours and weeks and weeks and months on on end you know what i mean and i learned so much and like so so many like eye-opening experience like like you you woke me up to like jimmy savile i had no idea who that guy was and then like that episode on him i'm like oh my god like like that sort of stuff it's just like yeah man so I, i've been listening and following your work for a long time and like seeing your growth and your progression has been really cool too you know like you kind of set the standard like it's just like in so many different ways and when i first started Thanks, you know man. podcasting and you know I, I was like 
man, he takes it. He like, like I looked at your approach, like in terms of like your, you, you consider it like, it's just, you're so professional and you're very like into like the technical aspects of it. And like, I really tried to glean that type of mentality coming into this, you know what I mean? So anyway, yeah, it's just, it's a powerful, powerful show. And I've, uh, it's been, it's been, uh, yeah, amazing, amazing journey, man. So, and, and I cannot I really I, appreciate I, that, man. Thanks so much. Yeah. Yeah, and I can't stress the fact about how funny it is too, dude. Like you're just a legend <laughs> when it comes to that shit, dude. Like I'll just well, be like, the, I'll just make sugar Martin that talk. has the medicine go down, you know. Like if you're if you're talking about fucking interdimensional dark like vampiric blood drinking pedophile cults, couple of couple of little dick jokes and then like a like a Donald Trump impression now and again. Yeah, it doesn't hurt, you know. You know, it's it's the it cuts through the the, the fucking the somberness of the subject matter, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And another thing, too. So this is an interesting little uh, thing that we have in common that I've, I've been trying to like I've kind of like pinned it as like an underlying current of the show. And I, and I really have tried to like reach out and kind of bring this up. But have you noticed that there's so many people in kind of the conspiracy truth movement who are also like clean and sober? You know what I mean? Like, so that's that's a big part of my story, too, is that like I. You know, I've been clean from for a long time and and you know I do actually the recovery thing I do the whole 12 step thing and that's like yes. a big part of like like my whole journey and it's something I bring up and talk about periodically on the show but but there's other there's so many of a, of us like who are clean and sober in this in this realm what do you what do you attribute to that to have you noticed that can I ask you what uh, what has you in the 12 step program because I didn't do that I just went like yeah, yeah. I know you just, just you were just done just switched yeah. it off you know you were just done for me for me like if you if you want to know like for me that was just like I was at the end of my rope and I'm like dude I don't even know I don't even know what to do or where to go so I went there for help and it really it was really amazing I met some really amazing people and I just stuck around you know what I mean and now I'm at the point where like I sponsor guys and I help out I'm pretty involved in like like we do a lot of events and I like I help plan events and stuff and I just moved to a new city I just moved to Nashville and already I'm plugged in and I'm like on this committee putting on events and like, you know, fantastic. I mean? like, so I'm just like, it's just like, for me, it's just the community aspect. And then also just being able to be there to carry the message to help the people that are still hurting, you know? Well, I, I could say, um, you know, a bunch of shitty things that I think, uh, but I know that they're not true and I hold them, you know, in that place in my mind, yeah. and a lot of conspiracy theorists hold, have a place in their mind. It's like, a I guess you call it like a truth escrow where yeah. you everything in you feels like it's true. Um, all the people around you confirm it. It's like um, that place of confirmation bias where it's OK to be there. But do you know when, when a guy is trying to get into to a country and he doesn't have the right documentation to bring it to that office and you're yeah. sitting on you know those TV shows like you're sitting on the office and it's like. Jose's fl flown in from Venezuela, but he hasn't got the right documentation. He has to sit here until an officer arrives. You know, this kind of stuff. Yeah. So, like, there's a room where all of our bullshit sits that we know to be true, but we can't prove. And if somebody in the room says, like, hey, blah, 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 and you're like, oh, my God, I think that too. How do you know that? I don't, I can't prove it. Can you prove it? I can't prove it. So there's a little place in my mind for a load of different things. You know, like Hillary Clinton is a blood drinking, you know, lizard type uh, like satanic pedophile, you know, monster or whatever. Can't prove it. I just know. Yeah. It's that, that idea sitting with Jose in that room playing fucking tic-tac-toe, right? Mm -hmm. So the thing I have about, like you're asking about like addiction and stuff, like you say about the 12-step program, I grew up in like, I, 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 like a Roman Catholic Ireland. We were forced to go to mass. We were forced to take uh, confession, communion, confirmation, 
and whatever kind of secrets that the priest made us all keep or whatever Christian brothers then we went to, to high school in the Christian brothers which is like a a monastic order and then boys would go around with a big heavy rope and they'd fucking whip the back of the legs off you and if you were that, that's the least that you what you get if you were lucky you know so there's a lot of fucking religious ideological oppression the oppression of ideas uh, blasphemy was a law in Ireland where you couldn't even talk shit about the church wow without getting like a 25,000 euro fine was the base level uh, and wow. you could get like prison time even for talking Gee. shit about the church so I mean talk about a built in defense mechanism where yeah. there's hundreds of kids every month or thousands of kids every year I say tens of thousands over the whole last hundred and whatever years have been either like brutally sexually abused or fucking um there was a thing there a couple of years ago where they have this mother and child home and it's like a, like an orphanage but they keep the mothers there as well so like if you got pregnant at 16 in a in a, a an Irish family well, what they do is um your parents probably are, are a fairly religious uncle would call the priest and they'd actually come and take the girl away and uh, she'd live out her pregnancy for fear of shame in the family in this, you know, this, this, this nunnery, this uh, convent and uh, she'd have the baby and then they'd, if the baby was anyway special needs or whatever, they'd fucking kill it, pop a hole in its head and throw it into a septic tank at the bottom of the field or if it was healthy, they'd sell it to a rich American or English family and, there was like a tribunal a few years ago where all these kids started finding out from DNA tests, like, you know, where their parents are from and tried to come back and ask the Irish state, like, what the fuck is the crack? And because of all that stuff, well, not because of it, but they were linked that the blasphemy law was kind of abolished a few years ago. Wow. They even tried to get, you know, Stephen Fry? Uh, sounds familiar. He's that um, uh, very famously gay English actor and writer. Okay. He's the guy that he's the guy, he's the guy that's on your audible going, Hello. This is Stephen Fry. Oh, you want to go to sleep? Listen, listen to me talk, tell you a story about rainfall. Like very, okay. you know, <laughs> okay, okay. It's one of these dudes. But he's a super famous writer, critic. He's, he has loads of TV shows over here. And, uh, like he was on a TV show with one of our very beloved um, Irish presenters, like the Johnny Carson of Ireland. They called him Gay Byrne. And they were talking about God. And Stephen Fry on the show was like, a very, what do I think about God? God is a very cruel God. He's a God that lets small children get cancer. This kind of stuff. And he talks shit about God for a minute. And the fucking government tried to sue him for blasphemy, right? So that's just like a little backstory into like uh, the the apathy or the disdain that I personally and a lot of my generation, a lot of people in Ireland would have towards the church and yeah. organized religion, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, but I think conspiracy theorists, by and large, when they start discovering that no more than when scientists or quantum physicists start getting towards the answers in quantum physics, they often say like the closer you go down to the answers, the, for, the, the closer you become to God. And I think the same with conspiracy theories that like there's some, <clears throat> it comes down to a force of good and evil mm -hmm. where you're the closer you're getting to like an answer that can live in that room that, that with Jose and be, you know, not fully factually, provable or demonstrable but like you know everything in you says that you know his papers are good let him through kind of thing but you yeah. just you have to keep him in that room just because and a lot of stuff gets filtered through there um 12 step program i wouldn't have gone into myself so that was the thing yeah. i said i could talk shit about it yeah i, I could talk shit about the 12 step program and go up that's the shit it's not for me man yeah, yeah. it's taking a test taking advantage of a bunch of really vulnerable people who are looking for any kind of a help 
and they're they're I'm gonna say this now and I, I mean it but I don't mean it if you know what I'm saying. Sure, yeah. Where they're addicted to something that they have given their life over to and in order to supplant that feeling of being out of control to the drug, they it's like Indiana Jones and he swaps the fucking idol for a bag of sand and the bag of sand is Jesus and they swap out that that need to be feeling out of control. So I think <clears throat> 12 step keeps people who are in addiction in a place of uh, dependence, but not on the drug on the Lord Jesus. And when you're in that place and the relationship I have with church and organized religion, I don't want to be beholden to any motherfucker. Oh, so yeah. I'm not going to be thanking, thanking Jesus every day saying, thanks very much for getting me off this, whatever uh, I owe you one. Cause I don't want to owe no cunt, no thing. So yeah. oh, <laughs> it's totally. hard to, it's hard to, but like, I, I don't know anybody in the 12 step program very, very well, like as far as their 12 step experience or like Alcoholics Anonymous experience. Yeah, yeah. I never went to a meeting, so I don't know what it's like. I could be talking shit, but that's just the feeling I have about the people that I've met that are in NA and AA. A lot of times they're talking about Jesus, a lot of times. And I'm going, well, are you actually living your life like that or are you just off drugs? And they haven't got any teeth and talking about Jesus. Yeah. And I'm like, it seems like Jesus could disappear anytime and then drugs could come back and fill that void because the void yeah. is there. It's not the fucking Jesus or the drugs. Yeah. It's the void, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, if, if I were if I were to respond to that, like I would say, like, and then you know, not 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 to you know defend or anything, like really, like I think that's actually it's an important conversation to have because that's one of the biggest uh, I would say misconceptions about twelve step is that it is a religious program or that it is involving Jesus and people. And, and you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, so what we do is we try to like, uh, for me, it's like, you know, the idea. So there's the word, the, the language they use is a higher power, right? We, we talk yeah. about higher power, like the power greater than us, right? That that's going to help, uh, help us in our, in our recovery process. And so it's like, for me, the equivocation is just like, so drugs, alcohol, that was the higher power. That was what I was in service to, you know, that was what I, you know, uh, every single thought action was in service of that. And so removing that, it's like you have this like vacuum. And so to fill that, it's like, okay, just do whatever you want. Like, like fill it with like something that you identify as greater than yourself that loves and cares about, you know what I mean? And then it doesn't even have to be. And then, so a lot of times like guys just coming in, yeah, they're just like, they don't want to have anything to do with religion. And so I'm just like, you know, think of like this group, us sitting in a circle together, you know, that is a power greater than any one of us individually. This can be a power greater than you that you can gain strength from. So just something as basic as that, you know what I mean? And so that's. But yeah. it is the, is the higher power then that, yeah. that you have to submit to. And I'm like, yeah. I, I don't think that it's greater. That, and it's maybe, maybe my audacity. I don't yeah. think that it's greater than me. Yeah. I don't think there is yeah. a power that's greater than anything that I'm not a part of already. Totally. And totally. I think. You know, maybe at the end of the 12 step program, the, the big reveal, they pull the cloth off it and they find out you are actually part of the higher power as well. Is okay. that what they do or do they do that? I don't know. I haven't gotten to that stage yet, apparently. So yeah, I don't see, know. I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to be in service to no motherfucker like that, you know? So yeah, I think that a, a talk of a higher power in that way is reminiscent of like the fraternal orders, like the Freemasons, you know, they yeah. talk about they're in service to a higher power. Yeah, yeah, so I yeah. don't know how like a conspiracy terrorist who's sober in the 12 step program can then criticize that to do with like Freemasonry or fraternal orders. In fact, by the laws of your, you know, your, your pledge, you're probably talking to the same higher power. So like you're tantamount to being in, in Freemasonry at that point. So it's like these little nuances of religion. Like I sat and I've thought about God maybe a lot more than some people. Have. Yeah. yeah. 
and like yeah, yeah. what is it and why is it and yeah I smoked a lot of drugs about it and thought like yeah you know what what is what what is it and realized that it's it's me and i am it and we are all together whatever that fucking i am the walrus <laughs> or whatever you know what i'm saying yeah. now, I, I haven't know. done any hallucinogenics and i and i i've heard that uh hallucinogens are it's kind of the period at the end of that sentence where you're just like yeah aren't we all one Come yeah yeah, yeah. Like yes, we are. Here's the proof, and then you and then you end up with an idea that's been fucking given to you by another place that yeah. uh, you know lets everybody out of that room with Jose. It's like, yep, that's it, confirmed. Yeah, I just yeah. think um, conspiracy people end up trying to get sober because they realize that there are forces at work, and some people call them like you know the dark arts, you know, like Theo Vaughn, mm-hmm. yeah, or um. Dark forces, demonic energies. I don't. I don't think demons are a thing, but definitely like a disembodied, disembodied uh, entities of manipulation or co- coercion yeah. that exist on a different plane. We're getting real now. Yeah. Um, that those things want to make us sad, mad, and bad, so that they can feed off us, and. When you're dealing with this kind of conspiracy stuff, you're into truth, and that's when you're opening yourself up to stuff that may harm your psyche. Like you're looking up a whole lot of really awful things. You're destroying the, the veil, like you're destroying the veneer of reality that your whole life has been spent painting over, like Buddhists laying like leaves of gold on the, at the at the the foot of the statue when it builds up and builds up and builds up, and it feels like solid gold when really it's a thousand leaves of of that have been placed there by by uh, you know a thousand hands. And if you had the strength to chip away at that, gold is very soft metal. You can get right down to the original statue and then you look at it and it's not what you thought it was at all. It's some ugly grey thing that doesn't shine. It's not beautiful and people don't come and worship it. It's a fucking ugly cunt to look at. And the truth in the search for it opens your heart and your mind up to dark things. And I think there's a few nights, and I'm sure you've had them yourself, when you find yourself at the bottom of a rabbit hole that we like to call down the rabbit hole. You find yourself at the bottom of a rabbit hole and you look up and there's a pinhole of light at the very top where you started and you're like, right, um, I can keep going or I can get back out. And at, you, at some point you've gone too far to go back out and you haven't got the fucking, the mustard to keep going. So you just have to exist in that darkness for a while. And it's real hard if you have a penchant for an old smoke or a drink because then you'd start smoking and drinking and you just end up living in that darkness and you never get the muster to keep going and you never have the strength to climb back out. And it's a fucking shit place to be down in that darkness, knowing the truth, not being able to do anything about it. And I think after a while you get fed up of it. And um, because there's not the, the, if you're on the outside of that hole, if you climb back out, you're out in the real world. There's lots of flashing distractions. There's lots of things that say, hey, look at me. Hey, do this for a while. Hey, what about this thing? Hey, check this out. And drinking and doing drugs in that environment is fine because you have loads of distractions. But if you're down in the dark at a pinhole of light where all the distractions are and you need to get the strength to keep going or stop it there and die in the dark, drinking in the dark, if you've ever done it in real life, it's not fun. It'll make you want to stop drinking. Drinking in the bars and fucking nightclubs is great crack. You know, yeah. fucking pinching arses, getting your dick sucked, fucking dancing to, you know, shit tunes. Like, that's fun. Drinking at home on your own is not fun. And you don't want to, eventually you don't want to do it no more, like leaving Las Vegas. So when you're down in that dark conspiracy place and you're taking in those um, really shit pieces of information and destroying that statue that you end up 
being built for you or you had built yourself around your old life. Um, not doing, not drinking and doing drugs about it uh, helps you to gain the strength to keep going and oftentimes the people who get sober end up getting to answers much quicker. Mm-hmm. You know, they're able to find their way down. They know like, uh, this, this is the hole we need to go, like spelunking, you know, like this is the hole we need. We need to go down here. Follow me. Did you ever see those videos? Those guys fucking oh, yeah. elbow their way through yeah. tiny tunnels. It just gives me, I'm like, oh my God, I'm huge. Like I'm fucking just you know, 350 pounds. Like I'm like, yeah. oh my God, I couldn't even start that shit. Yeah. But like those motherfuckers down, that's what I think about us, like conspiracy theorists. Like we are those guys in those caves and other people are looking at us going, how can you even do that? How can you even start that? Mm-hmm. Looking down that fucking tiny hole and thinking to yourself, well, yeah, I can totally get down there. Like the the stuff we talk about and think about, it's hard to yeah. put through your mind and you're ruining your life. You're ruining the life that you've had. It's like that, that's why it's called it red pilling because like you can never go back. And if you're doing drugs and drinking, it's it's easy for the dark forces to get in. And all you'll do is stop. You'll never go back. You can't get back out. The white the, the speck of white light is too far away. You'll never get out. So you just stop for a while and drink and then shake it off and then keep going. Do you know? So that's why I think yeah. a lot of conspiracy theorists do that. Because it's fucking hard down here, man, in the yeah. dark, <laughs> trying to find the right yeah. hole to go down. Um I'm sober 11 years, 11 and a half years now. Congrats, man. That's awesome. And uh, it's good, like, because there's no messing. Uh, I'm dealing with a whole lot of other shit now. Because when when the drink goes away, then the fucking shelter shit bubbles up to the top. And you have to fucking think about that. And that's a whole nother thing. Like, you have to stop. I'm I'm in the stopped mode at the moment, to be honest with you, Scott. Like, I'm not as prolific and I'm not as, um, I'm not producing as much as I think I should. Guilt and shame are on me. I'm fucking flagellate myself i see other fuckers that have like hundreds of shows like and i'm only I'm, i haven't even broke 200 yet and i'm i have 28 shows on deck recorded five yeah. big sh- five like seven hour shows wow. Wow. i have 11 true crimes or four hours long each and i have like 28 swap casts not dissimilar to this doing yeah. two a week for the last six months like and i just can't uh i can't get it together to get them done and get them out i'm doing other stuff i'm working all day long reading loads of stuff recording but it's a one-man band and it's fucking hardcore. And yeah, man. I'm in the dark and I'm looking for the right hole to go down. And I just want to make sure it's the right one, you know? Yeah, that's intense, man. Like, like you know, you have this, you're sitting on, sounds like a just a mountain of, of material, you know what I mean? And 100, what 120 hours, something like that, yeah. Jeez, what do you think that roadblock is? Like, like so one of the things, okay, so before I, before we get there, like, one of the things, I've, I've actually talked to a few people recently who have, uh, you know, in, wanted to start a podcast you know and, and yeah. it sounds like a similar process to what you were describing like oh i got to put all the right pieces in place i got to think of this i got to plan my first 10 years right the 100 first episodes you know what i mean like the, the thought going into it and that's a very that's an interesting approach but to me my response to that is like okay we need to figure out like what's between you and that record button like literally yeah. it's just about just hitting that record button like that's it and the, the show will take on a life of its own it will take on it will evolve and, and move you know, in, in the direction that it's meant to move. And so the most important thing is just to get it on the record and just put it out right now. And you know what I mean? And so what, what do you feel like is the roadblock, like between you and the, I guess you've got the record button thing handled, but the, the, the upload button, what do you think is the, the block? I tried to see if I could take on a producer. I mean, this is like fucking exclusive, like super like deep okay. and hard to me now of a Saturday. <laughs> Nobody yeah. gets this. I'm talking to you now. Cause okay. you know, you're old school. Um, Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, I tried to, I tried to see if I could take on an editor to try and do that, and I find that um, 
I the editing is another like it's like the fifth Beatle, do you know? <laughs> yeah. Editing the show, I, I I don't think I could let that off to just so anybody to do to take out the ums and ahs, the coughs, uh, the mixes and the bits, and uh, you know, I'm recording and I, you know, we make a mistake, we say some shit, and I'm like, oh no, or I cut that out, like leaving little, little messages for the editor in the audio and stuff like that. I think uh, I tried to do it once or twice and, uh, you know, look back on it. Or, or I had like a little button, have a little stream, stream deck, fucking little pad and press the button and it makes a mark on the audio file and I go back and find it later. Tried all of these different uh, techniques to try and see if we can make it any quicker or easier. So like, for example, on uh, Saturday the 9th of July, I'm recording uh, an episode on the Rothschilds Dynasty and it's like the first of four. Yeah. So it's going to be seven hours of, of 30, let's say. Um, so I'm about 40 to 50 hours deep in research already. I have another about 50 hours to do between then and between now and then. So it's on like this day next week. So I'm going to be reading all week, going to be writing notes. So I'd write about 10 or 12,000 words of notes. Wow. We record for seven, eight hours, maybe nine hours. I get a six, seven hour show of it. And then it takes like three times as long as the recording is to edit it, right? So like, that's just me though, because I'm listening back to the whole thing and chopping it, marking it, chopping it out, chopping out the ums and ahs, and then go back again and I'll try like if there's jokes in it, if there's bits in it that I don't want, or if it ruin it ruins the flow, because sometimes like people are listening and then we get into a fucking tangent or we get into a, a an aside or some anecdote or something like that, and I'm like that feel. It's like editing music, you know. It feels like. No, it should be like like that's how the the beat should drop here. Yeah. So conversationally, like I'm trying to edit it like that to yeah. try and take away the listener fatigue and stuff like. And it's just something that I've learned how to do over hundreds of hours of editing, and yeah. I can't pass that off. Yeah. So I have to do it myself. But when I'm in that mode, it's very hard to be in the the research and recording mode. Like I'm in I'm in you know having a crack with you mode. I'm locked into i'm trying to get into my flow state to be able to answer stuff uh, you know honestly and authentically but also <laughs> not give too much away yeah yeah. because i know we're fucking streaming live on rockfin now to loads of people and i'm gonna be putting this up as a swap cast on my feed awesome. as well so people are gonna oh, hear this shit like yeah but you can't fucking give everything yourself either so you're saying yeah. like you're asking um what's the stop and the upload button uh i'm in a rec- i'm in a research recording mode at the moment okay. And okay. the upload button it takes a really long time to pull myself out of the stuff I'm learning and then get back into this. So it's like yeah, Jack Kerouac and I just fucking wrote the, the whole book. So I'm a writer and I write a book. Yeah. And I have to take that hat off and then become an editor, a publisher, a promoter, an accountant, a fucking so, like a social media manager, a marketer, a fucking, you know, all of these things that I have to put on the hats of. And it's just very hard to keep swapping the hats for each little job. So I'm trying to like block, block, book them and go like, okay, for two months, I'm going to research record. And then for another two months, I'm going to edit. And so like, that's kind of what's happening at the moment. I tried to see if I can edit. It, it, it doesn't work because the fifth yeah. beetle needs to know what's going on. And uh, I, I don't think I'd have the confidence in somebody else to put it out and be able to stand over, over the test of time. Um, For... The shows coming up, like I have shows like uh, Rasputin, like a history of Romanovs. I have uh, an episode on the Salem Witch Trials. I have an episode on uh, Operation Mockingbird, which is nice. class. Uh, and then there's like a bunch of true crimes, but I don't think I can let them off. 
you know? Um, yeah. For someone who's starting off, I, the reason I plan them 10 years ahead, because I knew that, like, in describing the conspiracy theory to somebody, if you're telling them stuff like the shorthand, where I would say to you, like, yeah, so we have a, we have a, a false flag here, right? And blah, blah, blah. And you know, that opens up like a whole other context into everything false flag, like everything you know mm-hmm. about it. Not just like describing Gulf of Tonkin or some, some school shooting or something like that. It's like, you know it intimately, so I can talk more detailed about it. I have to give the audience who don't know anything six examples of false flags. And then in future episodes, I was like, remember when we talked about this thing? So it's that yeah. next. Yeah. So like I had to plan it that way. Um, if you're just starting a podcast about like, not conspiracy theories or <laughs> not, you know, if it's just like about movies, you demonstrate your knowledge about movies and you can make a show and put it out fine. But if you're, you know, if it's about something academic, if it's a history show and then you reference stuff that people are supposed to know, it's like reading the fourth Harry Potter book first. Like you haven't got a fucking clue what's going on. Yeah. Um, and, and with something so, um, it, it, it intricately interwoven as as world history politics you know culture all that stuff using shorthand to describe stuff may end up losing you know the nuance of the points that i'm trying to make or the things that i'm trying to say and i'm learning all the time as well and i'm changing yeah. as i go so yeah. like these topics that i had on on deck to to go ahead with uh i approached them much differently than i would have done six or seven years ago so i'm redoing a bunch of older episodes like 9-11 jfk wow. Wow. Uh, Nikola Tesla, Charlie Manson, with new information that they've learned. There's new books that are being released. There's files that are being like unlocked, and so I get to go over those things again with my new head, yeah. my new much more experienced head, because they were like some of the first episodes we did in 2014. Yeah, but there's no barrier. It's okay, just okay. like it's just like I wanted to be the best. Like we recorded a Pizza Get episode, Scott, and I have to say. About just the topic of Pizzagate itself, which is like the Podesta emails, uh, everything about the Podestas and all that link stuff, uh, Hillary Clinton and her emails, uh, your man, Elephantis. James Elephantis, yeah, uh, and that whole that whole pizza parlor thing, but the actor's name that, sh- that did the shooting there, what was his name? It's a triple oh. barrel name. Waugh, yeah. is it Waugh or Waff? His name. W-A-U-G-H, something like that. Um, that whole incident, uh, just Pizzagate, just that sliver. I think we did seven hours on just that, all of those documents, all of the artwork, all of this, everything, everything, everything. But didn't talk about like mad shit about the Clintons, didn't talk mad shit about, you know, uh, uh, the Finders cult or the fucking, uh, the, 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 the Franklin Credit Union scandal. Or, mentioned them all and they're all future episodes. But in my mind, that, that Pizzagate episode, when I finished it, I was like, that's the Pizzagate episode of record. That's the one where pe- people need to know everything there is online about Pizzagate. Our one is the one. Yeah. And that's what I try to aim to do with every episode, is to go, that one is the one. So I listen to every episode, every podcast online about about the topic that I'm researching and go, I'm going to do better than that. Mm-hmm. So when I'm in that mode, it's very hard to like be a little editor in the thing and putting, you know, getting your, mo- like, I'm really trying to not burn myself out as well. And I don't want to be like, oh, Gary V and just being her, like Casey Neistat and just like, do, just do more. You're like, 
have a young family with a mental health to take care of. You know, I'm not yeah. going to be doing 16 hour, 16 hour days forever. Do you know? Yeah. Like you have to call a halt to it and you can't really ask anybody to do more than eight hours in the day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> for any job, really. So totally. like some of the days I could do 12 and 15 and then another day I could just be like, it looks like I'm just lying on the couch doing nothing when I'm taking in like seven hours of podcasts or like six hours of YouTube documentaries. And it might look like I'm doing nothing, but that's work, bro. Absolutely. That's work. Like a lot of us are doing, a lot of conspiracy heads out there, they're doing the labor. They're they're doing work, but they're not getting remunerated for it. They're not, you know, they're, they're fucking informing themselves like massive amounts of information. Yeah. Like it's labor and it sits yeah. on your head. And um, I think that's why there's a huge raft of new conspiracy theory podcasts in the last two or three years because people are just like, fuck this. And they got a bit of a break there during Corona to be like, let's just press record and they just start. But there's not, um, I'm not saying like I'm better than them, but I'm saying I had a different remit. Like from day one, I was like, this is my thing. Yeah. I'm going to be this thing. Yeah. And, you know, that's why the guys we started with aren't around anymore because that wasn't their wish and dream. Sure. And I'm like, I'm going to the fucking top with this one. It's going to be a TV show. It's going to be yeah. this. It's going to be this. It's going to be this. 100%. Some of those things, some of those things didn't pan out, but like, Yet, yet, you know what I mean? Yeah, dude, that's, 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 yeah, it's huge, man. Like, and, and, you know, your work speaks for itself. I mean, it's very much that, like, it's, it's the, it's the standards, the top notch, like, and, and you can tell your passion and your, your insistence on quality and it translates into the episodes, you know? And it's like kind of what you're describing there. It reminds me of like, you know, just like a stand up comedian, like the, the the process of a stand up comedian, you know, by the time you see like a Netflix special, if they're good at their, at their craft, that's going to look like they're kind of just talking extemporaneously, like off the cuff. And it's just like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's just like a well-crafted thing that they pieced like every syllable together over a long period of time. And they've got it all perfected and perfect perfected. You know what I mean? And so it's like that, that's, that's kind of what I hear from you. And it's like, that's, that's, and that's huge. That's huge, man. Like, and uh, when I was doing Truthzilla, that was what I insisted on too. I'm like, okay, this is going to be hundred percent best quality audio and like i would i got really adept at using adobe premiere and i was doing all the editing and doing all the stuff and the graphics and it was just like just like and you know spending two or three four hours producing each episode you know post-production wise and all this stuff like that and then with this new show i'm like i just live stream it and then i'm done it's crazy so i don't know i don't know but there's value to both there's value to both man the thing is it depends on what the fucking product you want to make is that's exactly it like right now bro you and me like i have talked to you before yeah. couple of times like in and out of the union you know, of the unwanted yeah, yeah. talking on dms and shit like that but like you want me on for a show and i'm in the mood to talk real talk yeah like nobody else gets this info like i don't i'm, I'm quite guarded to the wider world about my like inner emotional state or the shit that's going on and how i do things because like minch you say something some kind is going to see that as a, a as a, a you know a crack to get into you mm. Whereas I'm like, I'm opening myself to let the light out and they're yeah. seeing it as a fucking way to get in and they'll take something that I've said or they'll take a thing that, you know, I hold dear and they'll shit on it just to fucking, just to fuck with mm. you. So that's why people don't like to share things, you know, anymore, true. like in, in that real true way. But the more you do that, the more you reach other people. So I get messages from motherfuckers every day. And I invariably answer them while I'm having shits in the morning because <laughs> it's like doors closed and I'm on the fucking DMs and the, yeah. oh thanks for listening to the show <laughs> you know like 
but like I get all these fucking beautiful messages from people, man. They're saying like, you know, oh, you make my work day so much better. And hey, listen, I haven't got any money, but like I want to support you somehow. Like, thanks so much for putting out this show. And you know, what can I do? Or um, you know, have you heard about this? Have you heard about this? I get about ten of them a day. Hey, man, have you heard about this? Yeah, and like it's just really uplifting to know that there's people out there that are benefiting from your stuff, from my stuff, from you know all the fucking crew that we that we associate with in this in this industry. And uh, I think it's touching something in people now that's really like five six years ago might have been a little bit cuckoo bananas. Yeah, uh, two or three years ago might have been classed as dangerous by mm-hmm. the mainstream. But now it's really feeling, and from the, the the messages I'm getting from people who you wouldn't expect, I feel um, it's starting to become necessary. Yeah. That there's an alternative, that there's some thread of thought that's not just an internal dialogue inside in the room with Jose going, is this real? I've no real way to prove this. And if I fucking say this shit out loud, someone's going to think I'm crazy. I'm going to ruin a dinner party if I ask this. And then they go online and they find fucking 7,000 other motherfuckers talking about the same thing. And they're like, ah, my people, you know, it's a, it's a fucking, so like, there's a lot of people out there thinking this way. And before, <laughs> before, like <laughs> they used to, <laughs> they used to, con- they used to congregate in communes and fucking <laughs> yeah. you know, wear white robes and shit. And now we can just wear our own clothes and stay at home and still be in the gang. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. You don't have to get your dicks and balls chopped off like Marshall Applewhite's crew. It's just like, I donate my scrotum to this cause. It's like, no, no, keep your scrotum. Just fucking $2 on Patreon and you're good, bro. You know what I'm saying? But it's, um, it's, um, it's a crazy life to be living. And like, I'm sharing, I'm sharing some stuff with you now. Cause like, it's, it's good to, for people to notice like that yeah. it's, there's real people behind this shit. And we're only a couple of pages ahead of the book. Really? Yeah. Like, if you read all the stuff I know, you'd know as much as I know. But then you don't want to do that. You just want to listen to a podcast. And I've read the books, so I'll just tell you what they're about in a friendly and funny way. Yeah. Like, that's the fucking, that's the bizzo. If your purpose about this show is to get people on and talk to them and get them to tell their stories, you're facilitating, you're, you're utilizing your, your Rolodex of, of people. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, you you know, it's any less than what you were doing with Shurtzilla, but it's like a different vibe. It's a different vibe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and, and, as as legitimate as the rest, you know. Like I look at people like uh uh Greg, who yeah. reads all the books, like at least he reads the books of yeah. the people he's yeah. <laughs> interviewing. You don't know how many times I've listened to podcasts of interviewers interviewing motherfuckers and they haven't even read the book of the person yeah. that they're interviewing. Sure. So you're like, tell us about chapter one. Great, 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 great. Tell us yeah, about yeah. chapter two then. You're like, what the fuck is this? You know? Yeah. Um, and then uh, obviously in my mind, the pinnacle of all of this stuff, um, tippy top is james corbett oh yeah james good old to james. my mind yeah. he's, he's probably like the the top dog in this game you know yeah yeah james and then last american vagabond ryan christian here man like he's his show is just like pretty like his coverage over the last couple of years of covid has just been unmatched you know every yeah. day just relentlessly putting out all the information so yeah, last man. thing i can't do like can you do you find that the daily fucking deluge is too much to take like do you find that no, I've got my daily shows that I've check in with, you know what I mean? And then and I'm, I'm probably kind of embarrassed to say, I like to watch at least like the first maybe 45 minutes hour of Alex Jones just to see what the up-to-date yes. reporting is, you know, or some of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's usually got the up-to-date information that nobody else is talking about just to kind of yeah. see what's going on. And of course I love Alex. That's my guilty pleasure, but uh, you know. <laughs> well, he's very, he's very well informed is the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's, it's uh, time is showing uh, his, his uh, dedication. 
yeah. to be more and more valuable because like in the day, back in the days when he was turned to frogs gay everyone was like yeah whatever yeah, and yeah. now it's kind of like what's alex jones think about this because <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah yeah um i like to watch tim pool tim tim's yeah, pretty yeah. good with it with the yeah. current news stories but yeah a lot of the stuff ends up being um society and culture a lot of the yeah. culture war stuff yeah and you end up getting wrapped up in that now it is conspiracy adjacent but yeah you know there's only so much fucking stories about nancy pelosi and her yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Up to the minute stuff. Now, now, another thing that this kind of reminded me of is like, have you ever seen the movie? It was like 2013. It was called The Conspiracy. Remind one? me, remind me of it. Okay. Uh, is it about a guy and he had a, he had a. There was two two young fellas and they had um, they found this guy and he had all the red string stuff and they yeah, followed yeah, yeah. this and they ended up going to a party that ended up being like a Rothschilds thing. Yeah, and yeah. They ended up getting hunted for sport. Is that that yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. Love that movie. Yes, it's such a great movie. Anybody out there, you should definitely check it out. But but the funny thing about that movie is like there's a scene where so these two so basically it's two filmmakers who find a conspiracy theory guy, right? Like with all the little pins and threads on the wall, and they're documenting him and they think he's crazy. And they're like, Oh, this guy's kook. He's gonna be a great little documentary case, right? And then that guy disappears and they're starting to look into his research and they start to wake up and realize that he's like right about everything. And so these guys, it kind of shows their red pill journey, which is kind of interesting. And there's a scene in the movie where after he's like one of the guys is like thoroughly awakened now like he's online like researching off-grid communities he's like oh i gotta get off grid i gotta get out of the system right and so that leads me to believe that like kind of what you were describing going down spelunking in the caves like in the little little pin of light is so far away like once you get that far down in the rabbit hole inevitably it always leads us to wanting to be like okay i gotta get out of society i gotta get out of the system i gotta go get some land i gotta start homesteading you know what i mean it's like that seems like to be the inevitable outcome of like anything like people just get demoralized by it to the point where it's like oh i gotta get out of here and it's just demoralization like, is what i was gonna say yeah 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 yeah. um and i, I don't know man i'm kind of there myself i'm like dude like we need to start like building our own little like supply lines and build our own infrastructure and start like building these communities. That's been a big part of my journey these last couple of years. Have you, and so, and so then therefore like a part of this show, like a big part that I'm trying to steer the show towards is solutions, possible solutions, whether that's like, you know, like, um, you know, encrypted communications, you know, stuff like, uh, just, just, uh, entrepreneurship has been a big one for me. Um, you know, this sort of things like, have you, uh, have you, have you gravitated at all towards, you know, the more, more of like a, like solutions like in your own life at all um taking this information that we've gleaned through looking at all these conspiracies and then applying that towards like real life solutions to kind of insulate ourselves from whatever madness is coming next the short answer no okay the long answer uh would take me the rest of my life to describe it yeah. you know um in in, in short no i mean yeah. i don't have any you know ready food packs i don't have if the electricity goes off i'm fucked yeah. You know, yeah. if the if the the supply chain stops, I'm fucked. Uh, like I've 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 enough kind of visceral fat on my body to, to probably last for a few weeks if we have fresh water. Um, eating eating a couple of lagoons or some shit, yeah. but um, no, not really. Yeah, we haven't, we haven't got our own kind of chickens. We don't have our own, you know, meat sources. We don't have, like we're, we're we live out in the country and the, the family are are into farming and stuff like that. So I'm sure we could rustle together a few bits and bobs but like in reality you know the last 25 years has been a social conditioning into uh post-apocalyptic apathy mm -hmm. we're all being told like uh when the zombies come we're fucked anyway there's no point and only a ragtag bunch of 
of of misfits will survive and they'll all be having infighting due to like you know typical you know archetypes of of uh so like social interaction and personality some fucking dawn of the day 2004 shit you know like and each one of those zombie movies is an allegory for some some terrible uh, uh societal affliction and western civilization or whatever you know yeah. uh world war z like the world is fucked no matter what language or religion you have um and the zombies are not of the undead reanimated they're the unprepared panicking right so like if you're saying you know homesteading you'd be able to prepare yourself if they switch off the supply lines realistically like how long will it be before everything's restarted yeah six months a year two years four years if you want to be prepared you have to be prepared to be self-sufficient forever I haven't got the energy or the knowledge or the wherewithal to be prepared forever. Yeah. And I don't think like if shit went down tomorrow, do you know anybody in your vicinity that would be prepared indefinitely? No, not indefinitely. And I think that's one of the big uh, false kind of premises about this whole thing is the idea of living off grid, like being 100 percent off grid, literally impossible. There's like you can't do that. You know, if you're, if you're living off grid, you have to be prepared yeah. And ready and capable of living off grid forever. Forever. And yeah, I think yeah. a lot of people are not. They have two, three months, maybe six months to have like bunker shit. They have yeah, you know, their 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 zombie escape plan. And uh, yeah. they have some weapons, they have some fucking food, the you know the what are they called? SMEs or GMEs or something. Whatever. Yeah, R R R yeah, something. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, some army fucking yeah. you know, be, be, beans and pasta in a in a bag and you heat it up, you know, and it lasts for fucking five years in a bunker or some shit. So, like, if you're not prepared to be self-sufficient off-grid forever, yeah, what's the point in being it for six months? You're just kicking it six months down the line. Yeah. And realistically, let's be honest about it, Scott, if you were going to spend thousands of pounds getting all your little waterproof matches and all your little fucking, you know, your galoshes and your your little knives and your pens that ride upside down in space and your <laughs> fucking, you know, all these fucking... Yeah. Uh, uh, survival survival shenanigans going on right if you're willing to get all of that to get really what you're doing is you're just collecting up a room full of stuff for some other cunt to come and take off you yeah exactly exactly and then you it'll know? last him for six months and then he'll yep. die because some cunt will take it off him yeah because he's he's too hungry to defend himself properly right yep. so like um if the shit goes down you're into prison rules i think prisoners probably ex ex-convicts are probably going to survive a lot longer than uh, regular civilians. If some mm -hmm. shit goes down, mm -hmm. I'm not going to be prepared to do that. I am. Yeah. You're going to hope that my wit and charm, and you know, uh, my my depth of information and historical knowledge is yeah. going to last me through a non-electric future where I'm like, I have it all up here, man. Get a pen. I'm going to be like fucking Denzel Washington, Book of Eli. I just memorized all of these websites, and I'm just like, uh, <laughs> in the beginning, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and hope some cunt doesn't want doesn't fucking fancy my butthole for dinner like or something you know <laughs> yeah Man, but i I've think been... a lot a lot sorry a lot of us have been conditioned to just roll over and accept the fact that unless you're a hero or unless you want to elect to be the villain you're not going to survive a zombie apocalypse because there's always more zombies than people yeah. and zombie porn and all the different walking deads the dawns of the deads the fucking all the, the computer games, the movies, everything, zombie, 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 zombies. Every Call of Duty had a zombie mode, it was zombies, Nancy, zombie fucking zombie dinosaurs, zombie this and that. 
zombies was everywhere. And I think everybody has been like dutifully Mad Maxed. They've been dutifully The Purge, you know, those movies. Oh, yeah. Where if the shit goes down, unless you're Vin Diesel or fucking Chris Evans or, or, or you know, John Cena, kiss your fucking ass goodnight. Like, and I think it's a really apathetic and, and just disappointing way to do it. Or you've gone, yeah, man, everything's made out of camo. Let's get all these fucking things and survive. Really, yeah. you're collecting up stuff for some other cunt. Yeah. That's what I think. No, I think you're right, man. And I think like anybody <clears throat> that's under the impression that they're going to be able to just like hunger down in their own situation with all the, the supplies and the food boxes and all this stuff and, and start when it withstand, it's like, that's, that's not it, man. That's not the move. And like my, my, my take on it is that like, there are things that we can do despite, you know, still being in this, in a city and being on grid. And there's still things we can do to kind of like mitigate what's coming and, and, and just short of like a societal full blown economic, like blackout collapse. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's going to continue to escalate and continue to go to the point where we're going to be priced out of a lot of things, like, like whether that's fuel or food and stuff like that in a very deliberate way. And so for me, it's been about building community, building community, networking with people, you know what I mean? And that's, that's like, and so I'm in a big vulnerable state right now because I just moved. Right. So I'm like starting over, like building my own, like little, uh, network of people here. We had a pretty good thing going on in Oregon the last couple of years while I was out there. A lot of uh, homesteaders in Oregon anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, but, but still, you know, just Oregon was very bought into everything. You know what I mean? Like you hear about Portland. I mean, you know, what's yes, funny sir. too is cause like you, what's always struck me about you is that you are way more tuned into like American politics and American, like just culture than probably 99% of Americans, which is hilarious. It's way more interesting than Irish yeah. culture. Let's be honest. Yeah. You know? So that's interesting. But, uh, but yeah, so for us, like, you know, building community out there was such a big part of what was able to keep my sanity through the last couple of years. And then the big catalyst for us was the freedom cells, freedomcells.org right have you heard of that Derek bros and john bush their whole uh not any great detail but i've, okay. I've heard of the yeah the, the movement the, the operation yeah yeah freedom cells man and it's just like you know for us it was just a matter of like going on there and finding a cell local to us and there wasn't one so we started one you know i think that that would be like a like i'd be curious to know like what in your area like in, in any sort of like you know uh you know city area near you or the, if there if there is a freedom cell you know what i mean that would be a, such an awesome way to like get plugged in and just start networking, networking with these people because like for me my goal here in the next year couple years is to like have a network of people where i can get like my food directly from like farms i don't have to go to the grocery store you know all that stuff to, and, and i'm sure like I'll, i mean i don't know you know what i mean it's just like that that's that's kind of my goals you know what i mean to withstand whatever's coming i'm not gonna go off grid i'm not gonna even probably be in a position to go outside of the city and get my own land anytime soon. And so it's just like, you know, building this, this, this infrastructure and these supply lines, like just as much as I can locally to kind of be able to insulate myself or whatever's coming, you know, like the, the more, it's not, it's not unrealistic, Scott, what you're describing there is the 1950s. Exactly. Exactly. You know I mean, it's not unrealistic. It's totally doable Yeah. Uh, in small country towns in America that haven't been like completely, you know, uh, uh, commercialized and infantilized and, you know, uh, uh, modernized to the yeah. point of dependence. Uh, a lot of these people are, you know, you get your you get your eggs from from old ma old man, you know, old man Ricketts. Yeah, he has he has a chicken farm up the way, and yeah, he, he, he you know he leaves them out in an old in an old ice cream truck. Yeah, and then it's an honor system, and you leave the money in the in the box, and then you take yeah. your dozen eggs, and like fucking people live like that now, and you know people are illegally selling whole milk. 
yeah, on exactly. Hashtag Milk and this kind of shit. And they're all like, Shh, don't tell anybody. He's like, I won't, Mr. Ricketts. You know, this kind of thing. Because <laughs> Ricketts, he has the eggs and milk game on, on, on lock, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then you get old Mabel. Mabel, they're all old. Uh, Mabel has her pie stand, you know, and she 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 makes her own her own short crust and she gets the she gets the fruit from the local farm there's a there's a kind of a kibbutz up the road and she gets her pears and her her blueberries for her blueberry pie and she makes them shits and she sells them from a sells them from her her you know her back garden or whatever like that shit is the 50s bro that's you're describing the 50s in america like where little towns used to just that have two police officers and they have one library and they have a school marm and she'd be teaching like the 30 or 40 kids like that have all the kids from like six to 12 are all in the same room. And she goes from place to place to place. Like not everything is industrialized and modernized yeah. and streamlined and, you know, sponsored by and this yeah. and that. And fucking, you know, you don't have a, 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 a centralized federalized curriculum of, uh, you know, operations and you don't have a, a, a ginormous corporation that comes in and homogenizes all of your like farm equipment has to be up to a certain code and you only have these amount of seeds and you can't there's no expanding into other areas without permissions and it's all farms and fucking permits and this and that and that just live like it's the 50s bro yeah people sir it was the it was the most uh the most profitable the most technologically advanced the most you know uh, obviously not if you're black but uh, it was probably the most pros- prosperous period in American history. And um, I mean, relatively, like in, in terms of growth, like from, from totally. most warriors. Yeah. So like, just go back to that, like local, local is probably best. Now we did an episode on John Titor long ago. Mm. I don't know if you know, but do you know John Titor? Uh, re- refresh my memory. I feel like I'm in the back of my mind. It's there, but. John Titor was a wonderful story from the internet from 2001 where it was a guy that came online and he started filling out all these uh, all these forums filled with these stories of being from the future, soon 2038, as far as my memory serves. And he had traveled back in time and he had stopped off in 2000 on his way back to 1978 to get an IBM 5100 computer to rewrite the Unix code for a computer in the future because 2038 is when the, the clock runs out on all these computers and all the, the systems started to... Uh, kind of break down. So it was like Y2K, but instead of in 2000, it happened in 2038. And he started answering all these questions about the future. And loads of these things started to come true over 2003, four or five. I think we did the show in 2016, something like that. And uh, loads of his predictions came true. But one of the things he said was we'd have a civil war in 2025. Wow. And uh, there'd be nuclear bombs set off to be like nuclear explosions, at least internally, um, that Texas would secede, California would secede, and that um, this would kick off like a power struggle. So the USA would be split into five parts to be five different presidents, mm. and that there'd be areas that were completely unlivable. And by and large, most of America would be living in these small little enclaves, living like it's the 50s. And that everybody's, and this is in 2001, before YouTube and before Twitch and before podcasts. This guy was saying that we would all be creating entertainment for our own villages. That everybody is their own individual channel that they, that they create stuff on. And we'd broadcast that out then over an intranet that goes across the whole of America. And people would share their different, you know, so you'd have one storyteller in one town and he puts his stuff out and everybody likes him and he tell he tells really good stories. So he becomes like like famous across America and the people would they would entertain their own selves like and it kind of sounds like what you're describing where we're going back to a community-based 
self-sustaining, self-sufficient, non-mainstream existence. It's what a lot of people are yearning for. Yeah. Now, I've been contemplating this for a little while. And I'm looking at like why stuff like Chaz and Chop would crop up. Do you remember Chaz and Chop? From oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was right there. I was right in the middle of that shit. <laughs> and, the, and the Red House. That Red House thing yeah. was like Ch- Chop Part 2, which was fucked up, right? And these guys were coming in like wild, wild country saying like, we're going we're gonna to annex this part of the United States. Now, that's treason, number one. Number two, it's terrorist, uh, armed terrorist insurrection, right? There's no, there's no committee. There was no, you know, yeah, exactly. there's no uh, congressional, congressional hearings about this shit. It was just like a bunch of leftists who thought like, let's fucking tear the whole thing down. So I think, and this might be contentious to some of your audience, <clears throat> that conservative conspiracy theorists, because usually conservatism and conspiracy theory are hand in hand, are the antithesis to leftist communist nihilists. But both of them use the same methods, which is destroy and rebuild. They're both they're both nihilistic in their core, where conservative conspiracy theorists are like America. But then, what America do do you America about? Mm-hmm. What are you Americaing about? Because it's not the America that is they're, they're supposed to be. It's uh, your own version of conservative homogenized right-wing America, or at least right-leaning. Right-wing now is almost a fucking terrorist term, right? Yeah. And that's a, that's a thing that left-wing media do. They take those terms and, you know. But these nihilists, these communists, they want to tear down. It's like, fuck capitalism. And you're like, how are we ever going to buy anything, you stupid cunt? <laughs> you can't fuck capitalism. You, like, communism does not work. Mm-hmm. And anytime it has been tried, this is this old thing. Anytime it's been tried like rampant authoritarianism and fucking class divide and this whole thing, right? But what it is, is these antithetical notions that don't leave any nuance in the middle and in the middle is where we need to be. Mm -hmm. And it seems that if you're very far left or very far right slash conspiracy-ish, to be in the middle is almost now disdainful. That you're to, oh, you're a fence-sitter. Oh, you won't even make up your mind, you fucker. And I think the middle is where we need to start looking towards like these agreements of society because we can't kill each other. Yeah. Right. Civil war. We can't destroy the opposition. And then if we do, what do we replace it with? Because there always has to be an opposition. So then we start to turn in ourselves like we can see the left already eating itself with the turf movement and this whole the swimmers not allowed to have dicks and shit like that. All of that stuff. Right. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's not great for the old uh, fucking what's it called uh, uh, aerodynamics, you know. You've got to yeah. fucking yeah. got to uh, uh, like get your balls is fucking slowing, you're taking point two of a second <laughs> off your time, man. Fucking long scrotums, right? Uh, yeah, that's so, like the left and the right want to seemingly want to te- want to tear it down. So the right want to homestead and want to live off grid, which is essentially like rejecting the mainstream, rejecting the system. The left want to do that too, but by destroying it and building up something else in their own image. So both of those things are nihilistic at the core, right? Sure. Um, if you have a leftist who wants to destroy all all right-wing thought in replacement of egalitarianism, uh, you have a right-wing conspiracy guy who wants to destroy all... Uh, I don't want to say destroy all egalitarian thought, but definitely destroy the the falsehood of egalitarian thought by creating rampant liberal uh, um, uh, libertarianism, right? 
So it's, it's, I am the ruler of myself or I am giving myself over to be ruled. So they're the, t- the two core values that people are, are f- uh, fighting for and against, mm-hmm. right? So like, if you're a mad leftist, you're perfectly willing to give yourself up for the cause. And if you're a right-wing conspiracy person, you're willing to be the cause and give everything else up for it. So mm. there's these a- antithetical concepts, you know? Like yeah. you're willing to give up all the comforts of life to have your freedom. And if you're a leftist, you're willing to give up all your freedom for the comforts of life, but only the life that you're, you're prom- each one is dependent. Each one ends up, you're dependent, right? So the libertarian homesteader thinks that he's, uh, or she, you know, let's be equal. Uh, the, 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 the conspiracy theory right-wing homesteader thinks that he's, um, you know, uh, uh, self-sufficient and he's, uh, not reliant on a system and he's, you know, but the churn, the daily churn just to get something done, just to get mm-hmm. butter, do you know, it's going to take up all of his time to be able to live like that. So you're giving up the freedom of being able to be free and have spare time to read a book or, you know, fuck your missus or spend time with your kids or go for a walk. You're essentially voting to be, uh, uh, Michael Landon in Little House on the Prairie, you get 20 minutes a night to talk to your children. Hopefully they don't die from TB. And the rest of the whole day, you're chasing livestock, you're churning butter, you're fucking plowing the ground, you're getting up at sun up, you're going to bed at sun down, you're fucked for time, you have no life, and you'll die early because you're working way too hard. So the the, the freedom that you have is still filled with work. So you, you're free technically from the government, you know, overarching government regime. But you're filling up all your time with the labor that it takes to replace that government collectivism, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. And then when you're a leftist, you are given you're you you're granted all the free time. You have all of the free stuff, but you're dependent on the government. Mm-hmm. So each one has its own behavioral uh, caveats. So if you're a left-leaning person who says, right. I'm going to have all the time to sit around and flick my bean and make videos and write poetry and do all of this shit. And the government is going to give me everything that I want and need. But it's only if you adhere to the government's rules, which are becoming way overreaching. They're becoming way too like personally controlling down to what you can say and do and where you can go and who you can be with, like some kind of Sesame Points, Chinese credits, social credit score system. Yeah. Right? But you'll have all the free time to do all the things that you aspire to do, which is be an entertainer, be a personality, be an influencer, go to Coachella, fucking wear a top with no bra, fucking take pictures of your vagina hole for $6.99 a month. Like all the things that you want to do, those systems are still there. But they want to tear down the system of government that allows them to have all those freedoms, ironically enough. And then the people who want the free homestead life they want to have that so that they can live their life and say what they want and do what they want and go where they want. And, you know, but they don't have any of the time to do any of that stuff. They have the freedom to do it. Yeah. But they don't have any of the time because they're fucking chasing animals and churning butter and putting up fences and doing it. So like both of those things, while to the people who support them are very attractive, are completely pointless endeavors because the middle is where we need to be. Yeah. where we have a collectivized system that will cre- that will allow us to have our food and to have our you know the, the comforts of modern living which we should have like medicine and all these things but they shouldn't be oppressive 
But instead of working on fixing the system through the system's own uh, me mechanisms, like voting, like peaceful protests, like you know petitioning your 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 government officials and stuff like that, people are just going fuck it and just going nihilistic in both ways to destroy. Like I'm going to be a homesteader. I'm going to be a fucking communist Marxist. <laughs> yeah, and they're not taking care of all the stuff in the and in the meantime because yeah. that system is never going away. Yeah. It's either gonna it's either gonna like completely collapse and everyone's fucked and there's a civil war and they're gonna kill all the purple hairs or whatever because they don't have guns, right? Yeah. Or we're gonna end up just keep going and further and further apart. Um what's next is either like a massive crash where the whole of America collapses, which I can't see happening in reality. Or we get these people to start talking to each other properly, get them to come to a consensus to unbrainwash the next generation. And it happens generationally. It took 30 years of maybe 50 years of conditioning college students in the liberal arts to be so dependent on the system that they identify with. Like there's 45 year olds that have their whole lives taught this way and they can't unlearn that. Yeah. So now they're bringing up kids that are 20 who are starting to rebel against that because they're like, mom, dad, you're fucking retards. Like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. You can't c c kill capitalism. Sure, you're going to, sure, ma'am, you're going to kill capitalism and you're fucking shopping, you're getting stuff at Sephora and ordering on your iPhone, you fucking toolbox. <laughs> With your fucking smeg fridge and your fucking uh, induction pots and pans on your electric stove, you stupid cunt. Like, yeah, let's smash the fucking patriarchy when you're a, a stay-at-home mom and dad is a fucking lawyer and tell you, oh, patriarchy. And you're on, your dad, your fucking husband's on a six-figure income and you haven't had to lift your finger since 1997. Like, fuck off. Mm -hmm. Do you know? Yeah. So these types of things are completely, uh, like, almost esoterical in their, in their highfalutin concept. But people are living it day to day. They're aspiring to be, oh, I want to just be living on the beach and doing all this stuff. Or I'm fucking uh, protest. Like protest has become a fucking pastime now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know? Yeah. So like that's where I am with that stuff. Like they're, they're, the middle needs to be repopulated. And um, I'm in a kind of a mode now where I'm trying to move away from um, this nihilistic, like let's destroy the blah, blah, blah. But like definitely yeah. Biden needs to go. Like that, that oh, old God. that old crowd of fucking dickheads needs to needs to go. Like they're too old. They're they're too set in their ways and they're too yeah. greedy. But like, what do we replace them with? We need to replace them with middle grounders, like who are willing to put balance back on the thing. And balance, as Yoda says, uh uh do or do not do, there is no try. Like we just have to do it, like. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? I, to me, like, there's so much empowerment. Like, the nihilism, man. Okay, first of all, like, your characterization of all that is just so spot on, man. Like, that really, like, got me, got my wheels spinning. That's amazing, man. I, really I was thinking about that all day today to come on and talk to you about it because I knew we'd end up talking about it because I know you're into yeah. the into the, the, the survival shit. Like, and, yeah, yeah. Um, it's beautiful. That's, that's, that's really the first good. time I said it out loud now. Like, yeah. you know, I've been con yeah. contemplating all of that stuff, but it is two opposing forces, but we are, we're a conspiracy, yeah. so we think. Like homestead, and that's the way to be. And it's like, no, yeah. man, you're just as bad as the stupid cunts yeah. trying to grow potatoes in like three inches of topsoil in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Like on some cardboard sitting on the sitting on the on the street. Yeah, oh, having yeah, to be yeah. having to be given food over the barriers from the fucking yeah. subway up the road, or everyone was going to starve. And it was yeah. like five hundred rapes in like six weeks or something yeah. in six city blocks. You're like, yeah, you know? 
Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. To me, there's like a lot of empowerment to it. Like, I just, I just love it. Like, to me, it's like, 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 I, I it's easy to get demoralized and black pilled and nihilistic and just be like, oh, what's the point? What's the hope? There's no hope. There's no one coming to save us. And then it's like, okay, so what do we, what do we do now? And so that's, that's kind of where I like to be. I just like to be in a place of action and community. I just keep saying it, man. The community is the biggest piece, the, the people and the networks, man. And like, so like I'm, I'm sure like with your podcast, like you've, you've had listeners and just like, like just this community that's kind of formed up around you, man. And like, that's the most amazing thing ever you know what i mean like under just, white and varied the community yeah. are like they go from people who are quite left to yeah. people who are very very right yeah. Yeah. and uh I, I i hope to kind of not corral them because that sounds like control but try to like go come, come back in to come back yeah. in from middle. the outside there um because like the middle is where shit actually gets done you know yeah and yeah. um it sounds very kind of defeatist especially to the people who are like no man i've dedicated myself to fucking those I was talking about cultural Marxism and, and giving it about leftism for a really long time, 2016, 17, 18, yeah. because it was all I was watching online because I could see it happening. I could see it getting worse. Now, I wasn't keeping my eye on what the fucking right wing were doing. And now we have Roe v. Wade going down. We have, you know, all this kind of stuff happening. Really, it's all just fucking uh, pr pr provocatism to get yeah. people to be mad. And yeah. there's a, a crazy bent of emotional reaction like that yeah. that the, the people are now so uh, emotionally raw after the last two years of being kept in the cupboard under the stairs that like they've been let back out now and they're angry and they don't know why and then they're sad and they don't know why and no one's able to talk about it because we're not allowed and if you do talk about it you have to be sure you're talking about it with the right person or else you're going to get made to feel silly or you know uh be called all sorts of names or being ridiculed or being attacked and it's just keep everybody's keeping their own personal stories to themselves and they're not talking about it and it just silence breeds you know resentment yeah. negativity depression like you guys know when you're sitting around in your circle and you're like hi i'm this and this is why i'm like this and i just want to share my story and the more you share your story the more people feel like Oh my God, I'm not alone in that feeling. And I don't think anyone's sharing their stories, which is my community comes to me and goes, thanks for sharing your story, bro. Like it made me feel not alone. And yeah. that's on both sides of the aisle. Yeah, you know? absolutely. absolutely. Absolutely, man. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, part, part of like, I think just the black pill and the demoralization comes from the fact that like, it's hard for me to see a path to where this broken system can fix itself. And it's tough, man, the corruption and the, 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 the media playing their part to make sure that we're divided make sure that everybody's like in their little camps fighting with each other. Like, it's just like, I don't know how we break through it. I just don't see any way to break through it, man. And it's like, like when you're describing like the, the Biden regime and these freaks in office, man, it's just like, like, I don't know how we, like, and then therefore I'm just like, okay, well then I'm just done. I'm just done dealing with all this. Yeah. If Trump comes back again, 2024, I'm just like, oh my God, like it, it's just going to be. <laughs> but what's, what's happening is people are talking about it. And the only thing we can do is talk, talk about what's going on in our heads. Right. Yeah. But what's being done is we're talking about it and then we're not allowed, <laughs> we're not allowed to talk about it in the same spaces as regular people. And like from your, from your website, you know, you're on your rock fins, your band off yeah. videos, yeah. your odysseys, your rumbles, your bit shoots. Yeah. Regular ass people are not on those. They're just exactly. on YouTube and Twitch because they're the ones that everybody's on. And yeah. if we're not allowed in those places, how can those ideas, you know, uh, uh, propagate among right-minded people or the, the normal thinking people? Yeah. Like any chance they've ever had a chance to be on TV or have been on like mainstream radio, 
like I, I've taught like skirted the lines of saying some shit you're not allowed to say. Yeah. Because I'm like, yeah, Twitter can flick somebody's nipple and get them to go look some shit up. Like, yeah. But just being on the likes of Spotify, who I really, really appreciate. Like Spotify wouldn't put Joe Rogan away. Spotify still have all all of the anti-COVID episodes of everybody's podcast are still up on Spotify. But they have like a little blue tag on them, you know, all well and good. But they're still up there to be listened to. So people can go on to Spotify and type in coronavirus or COVID-19 and blah, 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 COVID-19 truth. Or they can still see Dell Big Tree interviews or they can still go on, you know, Robert Malone. And you still see that shit, you know? Yeah. Um, And as time goes on, those things will bear out to be irredeemably true. And, yeah. you know, what I don't know why is that the what I don't know, you're asking what's going to happen next. Like, what I don't know why it's not happening. I don't know why the likes of Epstein's flight log names. Why de- why there's not like a massive social movement to just repost them ad yeah. nauseum. Yeah. Just get onto Twitter, make a thousand bot accounts and just start posting it. Like Bill Clinton was on Epstein's plane 29 times. Bill Clinton was a copy, control C, control V, a thousand Twitter accounts. Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton was on, this was on it. You put it on Instagram two times, you get dinged. Yeah. You put it on, you know, you put it on Twitter, they'll, they'll ban you for 24 hours, then for 72 hours, then for seven days, then for 28 days, then you're gone. I called someone a retard once on Twitter because she was being a fucking retard. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I got a 28 day ban just for the word retard. I'm like, that's retarded. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, It just... We're being we're being um, conditioned to not talk about this stuff, and everyone's thinking it. You see, and then when someone like yourself or someone like myself comes along on a show on a podcast that's easily findable on a, a platform like Spotify, and they hear somebody saying they're like, "Oh, oh my God, that is actually what's happening! Fucking hell, someone said it!" And it's real, like Orwellian kind of like you've spoken the the unspeakable truth, you know, and people just fucking jump on it. That's why Joe Rogan is so popular. That there's 100 million subscribers because he's saying things that a lot of people are only thinking at home, silent in the room, you know? Yeah. And they can't talk about it with family because they'll be ostracized. They can't talk about it at work because they'll be fired or, or, you know, chastised. But everybody's thinking this shit. Yeah. Like, there should be a third-party option. There should be a, a, a genuine, and I think... To be honest, I think that's what Trump is going to do in 2024. He's going to come in as a third party. Oh. Outside of Republican and Democrat. And I think he's, that, 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 to my mind, that would be the ideal situation because uh, that means he wouldn't be beholden to all of those people and it'll just be purely on a meritocracy. Wow. And, I hadn't heard uh, about that. I've never heard about that. Wow. I haven't that's heard bad. about it either, but I'm yeah, saying this is what should be done. That okay. if he comes in as a third party, he breaks all of those. Uh, lobbyist ties with old Republicans and old Democrats. Uh, Let's face it, like the Democrats are fucking mafia shakedown artists. Oh, and the Republicans are sticking the mud fucking, you know, Christians who are the most unchristian Christians you'd ever see. They're only fucking espousing their Christian ideals because the cunts that are paying the money are pretending to be Christians as well, right? Yeah. So it's all of this fakery and Trump's coming out being like a real motherfucker and let him take the money from a third direction I let them, you know, have the reins of all of these, uh, 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 you know, organizations of power, all of these things, and go, look, at, I'm going to, uh, 
appoint this person as the education secretary, not because she's in the Republican Party, but because she's massively, I, I say she could be he. Because it, because it is a he, she. You, odds yeah, are, yeah. Odds are, yeah. <laughs> it's it's probably going to be a she. And yeah. women make make better uh, make better teachers anyway, right? Yeah. Um, that the that the the women will this woman will come in and she'll be massively qualified and she'll be able to overhaul the whole thing and from the top down and all these employees and and actually do make some change, rather than what's happening. Scott is these cons are just. Pung, 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 pot, 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 slapping the ball back and over, quibbling and fighting over fucking House and Senate. People are coming in with these like mad sweeping changes, like these grand social changes. Like, look at what Trump did in the four years he was there, like the first step act and all of this shit, like getting people out of jail for minor drug offenses and really progressive shit that he never gets any credit for. And all of that then was undone in the first six weeks. And Biden just came in and went with a big crayon and his fucking porridge head. And, and like, you know, when you have to spit in the end of the crayon and you write like this instead of like this, you write with it in your fist. <laughs> and he just like, Joe Biden, right? And, and just undid all that shit with executive orders like a dickhead. And it got him like social points because he undid Trump's bad work. But like, was it really that bad? Austin Fletcher, Fleckus, went around for the whole uh, for the whole uh, month before the election. Is like, was Trump actually that bad? And people are like, not not really. And now you go out in the streets. I'm watching all these YouTubers going out in the streets asking people like, what do we got to do about Joe Biden? And they're like, put him out the pasture and like Trump 2024 because bring back fucking Donald Trump. Like, because there was at least some fucking hope. And change and all the shit Obama promised and did fuck all in eight years. Yeah, and he had full control, top to bottom. You know, the three branches of government, they had a full democratic control, and they fucking did nothing about it. They didn't codify Roe v. Wade, and now it's got you know reversed. And and the only reason they were holding it over people's heads is because it was a thing that they could put on their fucking ballot forms. It's like, don't forget, we're the guys that allow you to have abortions. The parentheses after that are, and if you don't vote for us, abortions are going to go away. So essentially, oh, yeah. they're blackmailing people for their abortions. If you don't vote for us, if you don't keep us in power, you risk losing your access to abortion. And now they're using it as a a, a stick instead of a carrot. Where it's like it's gone now, so you better vote for us in November, or it'll never come back. Like, yeah. and people are not—they're just going along with it, man. They don't understand that that fucking system is broke. Yeah, and the only way to fix it is to use it against itself, because you're not going to tear it down. There's going to be no Reichstag fire. There's going to be no fucking cl like classic insurrection. There's going to be no, uh, you know. Night of the Long Knives. There's going to be no Stalinist purge that gets rid of all the fucking Republican senators. It's going to be, no, it's going to be a, a, like 16 years of voting in a third party option. Yeah. And getting them to take over. Yeah. Because passing it back between Democrats and Republicans who are deeply, personally, financially invested in all of these fucking business concerns, both at home and abroad. Of course, they're not working for you. They're working for themselves to enrich themselves. Nancy Pelosi, man, making hundreds of millions. And she's she's swapping fucking stock tips over over the side of her coffin with her husband as he lies in a fucking yeah. matching coffin in the in the crypt in the in the Pelosi house covered in fucking ice cream. Wow. Look at that! Look at that ice cream drawing. That's really fucking cunt. <laughs> yeah, you know, like yeah, like man. that's that's the thing. That you, it's not don't tear it down. Like use it against itself. Yeah. Do you know if any if any uh, Star Wars movie is to is to be believed, you can't destroy the dark side of the Force because the light wouldn't exist with, without it. You have to use its you have to use it against itself.
Mm-hmm. So fucking vote, man. Go and do, make your things. Don't abandon the system and hope it'll fix itself. That's like my car broke down on the side of the road. Well, if we just walk away and leave it here, uh, you know, we, we'll come back someday and it'll be just magically fixed. No, there'll be fucking homeless people shitting in the back seat and a family of raccoons living in the boot. Like that's the, <laughs> that's what happens, yeah. you know? And right now you have Joe Biden shitting himself in the Vatican and he has to be changed. He have to come and change his suit. Richard's ever heard with that? He did it. Oh yeah, sh- yep, yep. Sharted, and then he fucking went up to the Pope and went, "You are one of the best Negro baseball players of all time." And the Pope is like, "Yeah, <laughs> like that's what you're fucking working with, man. Like that needs yeah. to stop." Yeah, what put I was going like, put Ron DeSantis in there in 2024 as the vice president behind Trump and fucking clean the house out. Go yeah, to third party, and that's it. Man, do you think that there's any like? truth to that like like biden was put there and and then the, the the perpetuation of his like just buffoonery is an, an intentional deliberate that's the attack on america right there because you know someone who doesn't live in america like an international perspective aren't aren't you yeah. all, aren't you all you guys looking at us like these guys are fucking pathetic like this is this is done their whole military all they're worried about is like trans lgbt like these guys are done these guys are I, done I, I don't think so i think no. uh, uh, america and the americans themselves are in the position where they're like the the strongest they've possibly ever been. And now this might be contentious. Like people are like, what the fuck are you talking about? Did you ever get punched in the face, Scott? Uh, you, back in my drinking days, I believe there were some face punches. Yeah, yeah. So when you got a punch in the face, what 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 did that, what gifts did that, I ask you a loaded question. What, what gift did that give you getting a punch in the face? Oh, man. How long did you not drink after that punch in the face? Probably not until the next day, at least. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, like, I mean, like, did it give you some pause for thought about your lifestyle? Did it give you some? Maybe for a brief some... moment. Yeah. I will... Yep. 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 So, like, America's up getting a few punches in the head and it's lying down on its back, looking up at, I don't know, the Democratic Party, looking up at George Soros. George Soros and Jacob Ross. Klaus Schwab and World Economic Forum and, you know, out of control, corporatized greed, um, insider trade, and definitely like uh, you know the the corrupt two party system. And they're thinking like, why do I keep going back to him? You know why? Is it do I love him that much? Do you know? Yeah, I'm just going to get up and dust myself off, and I'm going to say nothing, and I just hope he just he calms down and goes to sleep, and we talk about it tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes, and the same thing happens again. Like. People need to start reacting. Like you need to pack your bag and and make some moves. You need to fucking, you know, go over, move to your sisters, you know, metaphorically. Like you need to fucking have do some action instead of the same old thing. But people have been demoralized into thinking that they have no choices. They've been demoralized into thinking that they have nowhere to go, that this is the only thing. And simultaneously being told America is the greatest country in the world. Should look at all the things that we have. It's gaslighting, man. You're being socially gaslit. It's cultural gaslighting. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to coin these terms now. That's a great one. Mm. Cultural gaslighting is what's happening, where you're simultaneously being told that you live in the worst country in the world and the best country in the world. You're being told that equality is a fantastic thing, and then you look at naked men in rabbit masks walking past children at a pride festival with their dicks hanging out, and you're told that that's progress, and you're like. You are gaslighting me, motherfucker. Yeah. This is not, what the fuck is this? Do you know? Yeah. 
but because it's 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 built so heavily into people's identities and like i said these people have gone through college courses where they're identifying with politics their politics and their identity their their political affiliations and their identity their core cultural and societal and political beliefs and values are built so heavily into their personality and into their children into their workplace into their friend groups that it's very hard to extricate yourself from that so what they want to do is destroy the system outside in order to make peace with what's on the inside instead of changing the inside that will eventually lead to a more wholesome and permanent outer change they want to as you know yourself if you want to break a cycle of addiction you can't hang around with the same people you can't mm-hmm. go to the same places you really have to change your lifestyle and possibly change your geographic location you're not going to be able to engage in the same activities you're basically going to have to change your entire life so you have a choice are you going to be addicted to dyeing your hair some kind of teal color and hanging out at coffee shops and talking about critical race theory chastising people online when they use the wrong pronouns and making sure that every movie and tv show that you watch has accurate racial and you know gender political uh, representation is that what you're going to do forever are you just going to go I just want to have a happy life. Like I'm actually going to fucking calm down on all this stuff and I'm going to relent a small bit and start becoming normal. Are you going to be like, the world is fucked. The world is flat. Cause I have to do it from the other side too. The world is flat. Fucking there's pedophiles everywhere. Uh, you know, uh, the government, the government are out to get us and like the CIA are listening to everything we're doing. You're not that important. They're not listening to everything we're doing. Like all of these, all of these things that people think about, like the fucking enemy, the enemy, the enemy, instead of going like, what would make me fulfilled? Is it buying a house and having a family? How can, what, what can I do to, to go through the steps of doing that to fix the thing that's wrong inside of me that I'm trying to fix by changing my external forces? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to change the external. What is it they say? Uh, give me the wisdom to know the things that I can change, the things that I can't change, yeah. and the wisdom to know the difference, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's things you can change and there's things you can't change. And you got to fucking realize which ones they are, bro. Like you can change your insides real, real good and go towards the, a little bit towards the middle, have a bit of compassion for the people that hate you, have more love for the people that love you. Because a lot of people find it very hard to love. I'm finding that as I get older, I'm nearly 40 now, and I'm like, oh, you don't know what love is. Fuck. That explains so much. <laughs> but a lot of my mates, you know, that's the yeah. biggest thing about Jesus. The biggest fucking, the biggest uh, uh, miracle of Jesus was that he was 33 and he had 12 close friends. I don't know any 33 year old man has 12 close friends. Fuck that. You know? Yeah. 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 So like, <laughs> yeah. uh, people don't know how to love anymore, man. And I think, uh, without getting religious on it, like people, they're trying to change the outside instead of changing the inside. And the option for the outside is destroy it all. And we'll build it back up in our image. Like what kind of egomaniacal crazy shit is that? Who wants the world like that's that's basically like uh uh that that's why like metaverse and all of these things are such a popular such a viable option because that's literally what they're going to be able to do is completely disregard reality and create a fucking one channel point of view individualized uh, uh personal universe where they are the center of everything 
and that's not how the world works like we have to all work together we're all part of the same thing we all have to like you said community and interaction and you know compassion and but what they're doing is separate everyone's becoming super disparate and eventually like they'll, they'll gladly put on these things because they're just going to be fed a load of stuff that they personally love we've already started to practice with the fucking instagram feeds the facebook feeds the netflix feeds the thing thing feeds and the feed feed feeds and all the feeds we're because it's it used to be around all the old school t- conspiracy guys like, don't watch TV, man. It's TV programming. You know what it's called programming? You want to call programs? Because they're programming you, bro. Yeah. You're being programmed. <laughs> Why do you think they're fucking called feeds? Because they're feeding it to you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Same shit. Like, you're getting fed this personal, curated, uh, algorithmically calculated version of the reality that you find most appealing for the benefit of the company that are feeding it to you. Mm-hmm. So Twitter, if you're a cunt that wants to argue, Twitter's just going to show you loads of shit that you're going to argue about, and that means you stay on the site longer, which means they get more fucking internet points, something like that. Mm-hmm. Do you know? If you, like, just, like, l- like voyeuristically looking at cunts, like, falling over, you're on Reddit, and all it's giving you is just, like, cunts falling over. If you're on YouTube and you just want to find out, you know, what's going on with Jordan Peterson. Like YouTube will just pump Jordan Peterson videos from every channel all over the fucking internet into your feed. So you'll stay on there and keep watching ads. It's fed to you. So like a thing you could do is just not do that. I deleted TikTok and Twitter off my phone. I'm getting 11 hours a week back. There you go. It's a, yeah. a lot of time, bro. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Do you see TikTok is going to be canceled off the Apple and Google play stores? I heard something about that. Like it's come out that like, they're literally a hundred percent. Like there's no more speculation. Like it's just a freaking Trojan horse, freaking yeah. high program. Right. You You're know? getting all your data, all your contacts. All, they're able to get into your emails. If it's on your personal device, like they're able to turn on your camera and microphone, new, uh, new terms of service came out there last week or the week before last yeah. and everyone accepted them. And then it's like, Oh yeah, no, pff, no. Commissioner of the FCC is like, we uh, 8th of July, I think they're going to ban TikTok. Wow. Okay. Well, there you go, folks. Get your little talks in while you can. Yeah. That's crazy. Man. But I, I feel I feel like I've blarted a lot of stuff there at you. Oh. And like, I, I know you, you're picking up what I'm putting down there. Yeah, I love like, it, man. I thought about it for a really long time. It's the first time I said it out loud, really, in this way. Uh, like some kind of weird conspiracy sermon. And I don't mean, to, I wanted it to be a conversation. Like, so if you got, you got 20 minutes left, like I want to talk with you. But like, these are yeah. things that I, don't get to say on my own show yeah because it's like very topic based so like that's why i like doing these because it's like let's talk about what's in your heart you know like this shit is in my heart now i'm really trying to figure it out and the amount of stuff that i take in all day every day it's like changing the flavors like in my sauce and now i'm like here's here's what the sauce tastes like today yeah and that's everything that i just said like it sounds impossible almost but like it's what we must do it's an imperative now yeah to do this we're at a critical moment where shit's going to start splitting people are going to be getting hungry there's fucking food processing plants all over america shutting down and being burnt down and being arsoned and being destroyed prices are going up you know inflation's on the way the greatest economic crisis of i think of all humanity is on the cards before christmas what what, like what's going to happen if none of us have any compassion for one another yeah between now and then I mean, that's it right there. Bad man. 
we talk about the as above, so below, f- f- like concept. You know what I mean? That pops up in our conversations, but it's like you know, there's a lot of truth to the idea that like we we spend so much time focusing on the misery and like, what we can do to change the outside world, when really the battle's on the inside. You know, I heard recently that like the term jihad. You know, you declare jihad on something on the outside. Like really, the original connotation with that was like an internal thing. Like you declare jihad on the things that are inside of you, like your character defects, or just like the things and that you need to overcome, that are challenges and obstacles within yourself. You know, and 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 so what we can, you know, that's that's what I've you know. My life is so much better today. I feel because of so much of like the internal work that I've done. You know, through recovery. You know, all that stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> just and just like you know, having just a just an expectation of myself to, to be, to be better, you know, each day, you know, just like this continual self-improvement and just like, like growing, learning and continuing to be practicing these like principles of like compassion and empathy and like, you know, service to others and stuff like that. You know, these are things that weren't maybe originally natural to me that I've kind of learned and developed over time. You know what I mean? And it's like, uh, but they weren't natural to you. You never, you never, you didn't grow up with that stuff. No. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it was like, you know, I think I got lost maybe if nothing else, you know, like, like for, for those years that I was, you know, out there carrying on, you know, it was, uh, it was, I got lost in that. And so being able to recalibrate myself towards that, you know, it's, it's been, it's been huge, man. And it's like, yeah, I feel like the world needs more love and compassion, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know if there's like room for it because, well, I mean, there's always room for it, but it's like, you know, the, it's just so interesting how our society is literally it rewards the complete opposite you know, but it's built like that. That's the thing. Yeah. It's built like that. Yeah. But it's all coming down though. I so so maybe that the world is primed now more than ever for this type of reawakening. You know, this 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 powerful like just like spiritual uplifting of humanity as a whole. Where just the whole vibration and the conscious is reaching this point where you know it's going to be nothing but love by the time we're done with it. You know, I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Did, did you ever? Uh, I did a live show in uh, London and Manchester about uh, Neil Howe's book, The Fourth Turning. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Have you heard that? I, I've I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of it. How like we go through these cycles, right? How we're like yeah. basically approaching uh, a new a new. You know, it's like it's like it reminds me of the meme where it's like you know weak men make hard times, hard That's times exactly make is, strong yeah. men, strong men make hard or good times, good times make weak men. It's just yes. a typical thing, you know. That's exactly what the four yeah. turning is. It's like yeah, yeah. four. It's like eighty years split up into twenty year chunks of generations and stuff. And he predicted that the four turning is happening now. And then after that, like, it's all back to good. Yeah. Like, it's going to be a hard couple of years now, the next yeah. couple of years. Yeah. A lot harder than what COVID was. And that was tough. Yeah, yeah. Um, But if we're able to make it through that and still maintain our humanity. Yeah. I feel that we could be dawning on an, an age of advancement and prosperity and peace and progressiveness. Yeah. That has never been seen before i agree do you know I agree. yeah we I agree. just have to fucking keep our heads yeah and make sure that the that the lies don't overtake us and that you know we don't end up keeping everything in that room with jose not knowing if it's real or not real and we can't say it out loud yeah like we're gonna have to be allowed to, i think elon musk buying twitter and making it an actual place where you can say what you really mean that'd be amazing without without fear of you know being silenced. I don't even mind getting brigaded. I don't even mind getting dogpiled. You say some shit, if it's wrong or if it's right, and, you know, the market forces will dictate <laughs> whether you're wrong or right. Yeah, totally. And it'll be, if it's if it's right enough, there'll be enough people there to defend it and, you know, this kind of thing. I think him buying Twitter could be one of the, the biggest cultural turning points in human history. 
because it has so many users. It has such a wide, varied base from all over the world in all languages. And the amount of people that have accounts on it and the amount of like businesses you can contact, the amount of organizations you can contact, the amount of politicians and more leaders that you can contact. Like you can literally like tweet at the president of like 150 countries or whatever. Yeah, I just Twitter. tweeted at Hillary Clinton, what, two days ago? Yeah, that was great. She she made some post about like, uh, uh what was it? Sexual, well, reproductive freedom. And I was like, oh yeah? How about all those kids that your husband raped? Did they have reproductive freedom? <laughs> yeah, what about all the kids that in Haiti that never made it? Like, where are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah, I know what, what you mean. Like, it? it gives us direct access to talk shit to Hillary Clinton. But this is the thing. Like, it, it that is the great egalitarian platform where like all you need is an email address and some fingers and then you can send an email or you can send it a 280 characters to like the shah of iran or to like you know donald trump or to yeah. fucking you know whatever whatever weird ai robot interface that's running joe biden's brain at the moment yeah. whatever <laughs> whatever meat suit uh you know if he takes over that and people are allowed to go back on twitter and say what they actually mean and share like different different thoughts and ideas properly from around the internet i, I like imagine imagine over the whole of coronavirus if twitter was just as a, like pure uh, uh, ideological egalitarianism mm -hmm. imagine yeah. Yeah. How, how much quicker it all would have been over if you were allowed to just post whatever you wanted, how how much quicker people would have been like, nah. Because right now everyone's like, nah, mm -hmm. COVID's over. Yeah, nah. No more masks, no more this, no more that, no more boosters, no more. Did you know in Ireland uh, we have uh, 4.5 million uh, booster shots that are just left over? Nobody wants them. Good. You know, I was, I was kind of like looking at local <laughs> Irish news in preparation for this, and I saw some tweets yeah. about like how they're shutting down all the vaccine clinics or something like yeah, that. Yeah, all, all the, like, yeah. Yeah, I saw something about but that. But they've got like, they've got like, I don't know, 100 million euros worth of vaccine boosters that they can't get rid of. And, and our, our minister for health is trying to sell them off to another country with people taking off to take the boosters. Like, yeah. like okay. I can't sell the boosters. I have too many boosters. <laughs> Anyone want to buy any boosters, lads? He's down at the fucking. He's down in the at the car boot sale with a load of boosters in the back of the fucking Chevy truck or something like that. Just going, oh, God. you want boosters, man? I got boosters. Yeah, got third booster, fourth boosters. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the fucking in the side yeah, of the jacket or some shit, jacket. like yeah, 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 with a bunch of knockoff rollies. <laughs> yeah. But it just it just um, uh, imagine imagine if you actually had a place that everyone was allowed to be on, not just like I know like Odyssey and Rumble and Bitchute and Gab and fucking what is a truth whatever truth 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 social truth social and they're getting sued <laughs> now because we're part of some fucking oh, Ponzi scheme or something yeah they're getting yeah. Uh, they're getting investigated by the sec or something like That's that hilarious. for because they're the, the, their funding is tied to some fucking money laundering global money laundering scheme or some shit like that you know oh, okay but um yeah like all those people on that you know that they all agree and there's no real yeah. conversation there's no yeah. there's no you know consensus being made there's no progress of thought being made there it's just a bunch of motherfuckers going are we great yeah we are great are we yeah we are and then on twitter there's a lot of people going we're the best oh we're the best everything's rainbows for june class uh and then like the first of july they're all like where's the rainbows they're gone they're all gone Do you know yeah um <laughs> i thought it was yep. so not it's so it annoys me every year yeah. when all the fucking companies they uh 
they changed their profile pictures to rainbows for Pride Month. Oh god! But they don't change they don't change their logos on all of their like UAE or like East like yeah. a, a Saudi Arabia Middle Eastern account. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> BMW Europe is like Pride, blah blah blah, and then BMW Saudi Arabia is like what? Huh? What did you say? Yeah, did you B- say something. <laughs> BMW. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah, they're good. They're good. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> it's so it's so fucking shitty. Like you know. So if they're allowed to actually say stuff on Twitter that you actually mean, if you're able to have, you know, they're really pushing this spaces thing. <clears throat> uh, what was that one that came along? Clubhouse. That app oh, yeah, came yeah. along. Yeah. That's still going, but it didn't, you know, it didn't, it didn't click like TikTok. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's just a bunch of people shilling their fucking pyramid schemes now that's all it is like guys sign up to my course for uh you know being able to be more confident in public speaking sales training training and sales and if you sell 12 courses uh, you can get your course for free and if they sell 12 and the, the upstream and about and you're like fuck this man yeah well like twitter took over those spaces they made that into their platform and uh people on there chatting away man like little kind of live podcastings um the arguments i just log in and just be listening like oh my god the fucking arguments that's hilarious. That's why I spend an eleven hours a week <laughs> just on yeah, space yeah. doing yeah. the doing the dishes at home, listening to cons around. It's like, why am I listening to like a proper audiobook? I'm listening to uninformed cons argue with equally uninformed cons. Yeah. But imagine if everybody was allowed on it. What kind of a place it could be? You know, I'm sure Elon is there like going, it's worth forty four billion. Fuck it. Cause like it could save the world if we're actually allowed to be exposed. Cause I know I need to educate myself on a few bits and bobs that up until now I've been like, ugh, ugh, <laughs> critical race theory, like, bleh, fucking, you know, there's obviously something in it. Yeah. But I'm absolutely abhorrent to even engage with it to start with because yeah. I don't agree with it. It's in that room with Jose, do you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, But obviously there's something there that I should or need to know, that everyone should or need to know. But there's also, like, when people talk about the patriarchy, I'm like, dude, I'm a white man, and I haven't oppressed any motherfucker. Yeah. Why are you getting at me? Do you know? And they need to be listening to that side instead of everyone just tickling each other's nips, going, we're the best. Aren't we the best? Yeah, we're the best. Yeah. Like, what do you think if Twitter came out, if Twitter was actually, like, equal? Do you think, or do you think it's just, like, beyond reproach? Well, I mean, you know, if, if we were to get to that point, it would be a complete game changer. You know, we've always said that, like, I've always said that, like, you know, their ideas don't, aren't, based in reality and therefore they don't hold up under scrutiny whatsoever and that's why that's their biggest lever of control is is eliminating the means of which that we can scrutinize their their position you know they they can't fight on the intellectual battlefield they can't have any victories if they were to come have an honest debate so therefore they have to silence and destroy their opposition in order to maintain their position and that's the only that's the only way that they've been able to even get to this point and so absolutely censoring Deplatforming, keeping Twitter the way it is now is instrumental for them to uh, be able to keep their narrative afloat, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. that's true. Yeah. But it's the very same way as organized religions operate as well, sure. though, you know? Yeah, yeah. In, in Christianity, uh, one of the main rules is that you're not allowed to doubt the Holy Spirit. It's the only unforgivable sin. Yeah. So, so like, if, yeah. You're, if, you, if you're into Christianity and you're like, hang on a minute, what if, uh, and, you know, yeah. as a young child, you're taught that yeah. and people are like, oh, fuck, I've already sinned. Uh, so, like, fuck it. You might as well just, Give me the heroin now or whatever. Yeah, you can't question. That's just you. We just I'm done with that already. You're not allowed to question it. But the same with the left. If you even question a small bit, you come even a t- tiny bit out of the cave. Yeah, 
they'll they'll eat their own. They'll destroy yeah. you, like J.K. Yeah. Rowling and all yeah. these people. Oh, yeah. Anyone that's come out and said like, "Hey, what is a woman?" <gasps> like it's just. <laughs> well, now now we can talk about what what when it's what what a woman is when it's politically advantageous. So it's just, yeah. it's just madness, dude. It's madness. It's madness. Well, Gordo, dude, man. Let's park it right there for now, man. Like, dude, okay, this dude. has just been so amazing. Like, such an honor to have you on. Check that one off the bucket list. I do have a couple of uh, super chats I wanted to read out here real quick. So this is from my good friend, Miss, Miss QA Bear. She's awesome. She says, a fucking retard. I love his accent so much. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's awesome. She's great. And QA stands for quality assurance, not QAnon. She would be okay. mad at me if I didn't. She she works clear to like, delineate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, yeah lo then, she loves Conor McGregor or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah doing yeah. nothing, you fucking retard. You're doing yeah. nothing. You're fucking retarded. And then Sarah, Sarah drops another tip again. Love you, Sarah. Thank you so much. She says, uh, love you all. We'll catch the rest of this later. Have Gordon back on. Love him. So there you go. Bam. Oh, brilliant, man. So, man, dude, thank you so much. Okay, so let the listeners know where can they find you? Where can they support you? Uh, I'm on all the platforms, all the platforms that let me be on. <laughs> anyway, uh, I have a Rockfin uh, page. I have to get on the band.video. How do you do that? I have to get uh, on well, this this episode will be on Band Video. Like, uh, I, I somehow, dude, I, I got in touch with Rob Dew over there, the uh, the senior producer, and uh, it just kind of worked out. He offered me a channel, like, so it was just kind of crazy. So, I I, yeah. I I may get on to Rob and see what we can do, but yeah. I'm on Rockfin and Odyssey and Rumble and BitChute. Uh, for the most part, like I said, I had put all my ducks into the Vimeo basket and got fucked up the arse. So I have to just re rejig those videos and, and upload them to those places. But the audio versions of all the shows can be found on all the apps, uh, Apple, Spotify, and then your podcast addict and your iHeart radios and your yeah. Google podcasts and your everywhere else. Like we're on everything basically. And there's a website then, thoseconspiracyguys.com. Okay. A uh, few little articles, a few bits and bobs. And we have a Patreon page that has all the ad-free versions of the episodes and a few little secret videos. And, I do like loads of vlogs and I've done loads of live shows and we do loads of swap cast. There's interviews and I have this new format called Spotlight, which is kind of like what we've been doing, what I've been doing here, which is like, I have a concept that I've been thinking about. Ready? Like Jim Carrey and Liar Liar and just going, yeah, yeah. you did this, you did this, you did this. And yeah. uh, so like those little concepts that come up like in the six and seven hour shows that I like to just kind of explode those terms or go into like a more specific history, whether they ruin the flow of the six hour show. So I just park it and I go into them and uh, got some nice interviews with other creators as well and other swap casts and stuff like that. So basically everywhere, um, social media and all that crack, uh, everything's changed. The fucking landscape, the sand is changing underneath our feet, Scott. So I have to solidify in one place. So it's taplink.cc slash those conspiracy guys and the ever changing uh, cavalcade of social media access uh, will be on that link. I'll send it to you. you put it in the description yeah, or whatever. Yeah, send it to me. Would you? I'll just write it For down. Sure. But yeah, if you can send it to me, that'd be great. And then I also and, have a suggestion. Uh, uh, my my friend, uh, uh, Matthew Raymer, he runs a company called Content Safe, and he could probably help you out with your uploading. I don't know if you've talked to him yet, but... Uh, Not yet. I was looking at the lads with Float as well and some other okay. some other bits want, of Bob, So Maybe we could talk offline because I think Matthew yeah, could sure. really help you out with that, dude. So For sure, yeah. man. And uh, this is going to be a swap cast going out to my folks cool. too, so let Beautiful. everyone know kind of the yeah. people that you've had on, some of the big names and... Uh, Totally. Because this is like a relatively new show. It used to be Truthzilla, and now you're you're Nashville solo. You're <laughs> you get yeah. you got rid of the back and band, and you're out. You're out. Yeah, doing the solo project, dancing on your own. Yeah, what, totally. What, well, thank, you. thank you, man. Yeah, my name's Scott Armstrong. I do a show called Rebunk. The website's rebunk.news. Uh, some of my guests are like uh, I've had like Owen Benjamin on recently. Freaking big Sam Tripoli. Yeah, big the big bear. Richard Gage. You know what I mean? And we're just uh, we're just cranking. And now you, now Gordo. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm that. That's three big hitters there, and then little yeah. me behind. But uh, yeah, 
Yeah, so. it sounds great, man. And, and Rebunk.news, and you can find Rebunk on all of the podcast episodes or the podcast services and video yep. services as well. Yep. Yeah. Yep, that's it. Savage, man. It's been a great afternoon. Uh, I hope I didn't like. <laughs> Dude, this I is. I went into monologue mode there a few times and just like Scott gets this. He gets this. I love we can, it. We can, we, can, it. We, can, we can do it. Um, board, man. We'll definitely chat again, man. And maybe yeah. maybe we it won't be in a live show situation. We just ring me up on the phone, bro. We have a chat. There you go. Love it. Love it. Thanks, brother. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, man. Thanks, Gordo. Take it easy, man. Peace. All right.